time to down your unders. Down your unders. The Frontline Gaming Network brings to you Art of War. Down Under. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode 14 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. I'm not quite sure if I said episode 14 on the last one, which was the bonus stats episode, but this one's the true episode 14. The next episode will be 15, etc., etc., etc. I can't really remember what I did there. But we are back. I'm with the same two wonderful gentlemen who joined us for the last episode. Mr. Jerry Marigold, how are you doing, my man? G'day, Adam. How are you? I'm good. Good, mate. For those of you who don't know, Jeremy, he is a perennial top three perennial podium in Australia. He's won the, the CanCon ITC Championships. Well, before it was the ITC Championships, but he's won CanCon three times, which is uh, like essentially it's the same as like winning Nova or Adepticon three times. That was back to back to back, which is absolutely an absolute obscene feat. Um, then we've got uh, Matt Morisoli. Hello, my man. How you doing? I'm excellent, Adam. Thank you for asking. For those of you who don't know Matt, he's been on more episodes of this show than anybody else except me. Uh, second place, silver medal for Matt, Mr. Morisoli. But uh, as for a guest, he is one of a kind and he is probably the best Chaos player I know. Um, and a guy who really put them on the map in Victoria, in Australia, and I dare say on the world, uh, taking them to WTC for Team Australia in 2019. How did you go there? Did you drop one game or was it two games? I dropped one game to the 40 Death Watch vets, 15 uh, infiltrators, <laughs> and three Vindicare yes. assassins. And I lost the 15 infiltrators. Right? 15 infiltrators and three Vindicators. Yeah. Yes. Versus your two bloodletter bombs and a horror bomb, and you're just like, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. use any of this. <laughs> yes, that was uh, uh, that was absolutely awful. <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. Anyway, somewhere six rounds, you got to take the bus one one time. Unlike you guys, I took the bus three times in that that event. So here we are. At least that's my excuse. I didn't just lose three games for the team. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're here. To talk. <laughs> Hopefully, you've joined us. Here's the caveat for today. Hopefully, you have joined us from episode 13 of uh, this podcast, and you've got come from our absolute juggernaut of a review. Three. It came out as three hours and ten minutes, gentlemen, or three hours and fourteen minutes um, for the last episode of content we did on the sp- on the first part of the Space Marine Codex. We didn't even talk about any of the freaking units, which is what we're here to talk about today. So, thank you so much for already for putting your your time in last one and thank you for making yourself available today because i do like to do, get some continuity with this like the same guys reviewing the, sa- the same book all the way through and unfortunately this book is just so deep we have to do it across two weeks so it is what it is but for those following along at home we got up to the secondary missions um the secondary choices last time which was on page 113 today's um review we are starting from page 124 which is the data sheets and now we're starting on this one because the first topic i want to talk about here is i I left this from last episode because i thought this was a really good talking point to jump into was the fact that this book has the inclusion of non traditionally non-codex compliant chapters that being death watch space wolves um blood angels dark angels jez as a as a Death Watch player, how do you feel about your co- your codex and your faction being rolled into this this one book? Uh, it's an interesting question. I mean, I think many Death Watch players would be happy about it. Um, now, I mean, I'm coming at it from a different lens than others. Uh, I'm coming at it from a team perspective because, obviously, as you know, obviously we are playing a lot of team events lately these days, and that's mm-hmm. actually where my priorities lie um, at the moment. So I, that's like the Australian Team Championships, the um, formerly the ETC, now known as the WTC. From, so from that, and even just four-player team events, I really enjoy. Um, yep. So coming at it from that lens, I'm not happy because that means that it's very possible and very likely that those 
style of events will rule that you can only have one marine codex in your whole mm-hmm. lineup. And that yeah. really hurts Death Watch because it means Death Watch will be competing for the slot with regular Marines. So yeah. I'm not happy from that perspective, but from a just a Death Watch player in singles, I think I probably am happy because suddenly Death Watch have access to things like, you know, a lot of those tools they previously didn't have, like mm. I mean, I'm going to say Thunderfire Cannons, but we know that they're not good now. But, you know, that kind of just unit choice that they normally wouldn't have. So I think from that perspective, they, they, they are probably, it's probably positive, but they'll probably lose a bit of their flair. Like we'll see them become just more generic, which I think might also be unfortunate in the long run. But we'd have to wait for their supplement before we know that for sure. Mm. Yeah, like Death Watch are in a really unique position, especially from what you said from a team's point of view. They were a fringe case and had a lot of unique toolboxy things that weren't widely known. Who could that could at a, at a top level that would stretch your opponent's knowledge base of the game. On top of that, they brought a lot of um, skew to the game as well, while still having like by still having a well-rounded army. You still got opsec. You still got reliability and resiliency in opsec things that also deal damage and really like uh, push the envelope by what your opponent can handle uh, on the tabletop as well as in the knowledge banks so yeah it is interesting that they've been chucked into this and i'm, I'm coming in from a dark angels point of view i am um, i'm not I'm, for the same reasons for team events i'm not a fan of it being chucked into this because i feel like dark angels well while they're kind of crazy op at the moment um while they're in this book and they're fighting against things like white scars things like iron hands things like raven guard and blood angel space wolves i f- yeah, I, I feel like more often than not, they're going to lose that fight and that argument with your team. And you don't want to have that argument with your team. Like, you don't want to have those those conflicts of interest. I suppose, Matt, you you, you are sitting, <laughs> I mean, in Australia, I don't want to say that you're the perennial chaos player. Sorry, the other chaos players in Australia, but got some work to do. But I mean, you're a guy who's never had to face that, that issue, have you? I was just lucky last year that no one else played chaos. So I got to do whatever <laughs> I wanted to do. I think... Uh, I'm a bit worried now. I've got Liam up in Queensland playing all these Death Guard, uh, funky Death Guard lists and stuff. I'm actually going to have to fight for what I want next year. But um, last year was sweet. I just you know wrote my own list and I'm like, I'm using as many books as I want and didn't have a problem. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of freedom there. All right, yeah, but jumping into this, so straight straight out of the book, there's a few uh, non-compliant chapter restrictions here. The first one being Black Templars can't take librarians. That's a tale as old as time. Don't need to jump into that one. Dark Angels cannot take Stone Guard veterans or Vanguard veterans. That is because they're 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 notoriously they're your first um, what's it called? Your first company as a Space Marine Legion, and those are your Deathwing Terminators. In so that, so fluff wise, this stuff's starting to make sense. Um, Death Watch, and here's a, one. I'll, I'll flick it over to and see what. Um, Jez thinks, but the following units cannot be included in a Death Watch chapter. Assault squads, attack bike squads, bike squads, devastator squads, stern guard veteran squads, and tactical s- tactical squads and scout units. How do you feel about that, Jez? Oh, well, it kind of makes sense that they don't, you know, they obviously don't follow the FedEx Astartes, so they don't have those units um, mm. in their army. They're a veteran. They're, they're an army of veterans, so... Um, they pretty much, uh, you know, they second marine units from chapters, various chapters, and pretty much exclusively, um, you know, requisition veterans. So that that makes sense that they wouldn't have access to any of that stuff. Yeah, um, it is a little bit. That, uh, sorry, go on, go on. Now, there's a weird omission here. I would have thought I would have read Centurion units there as well. Does that spice up your life at all? Uh not yet. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think uh, six months ago, maybe. Uh, it's in, true. Yeah. But um, yeah, well, I mean, it certainly would. But it, yeah, that that kind of it's a bit bizarre. Yeah, true. Good point. 
Yeah, that's that's the only one that jumped out at me. Is like, what is a weird unit that Death Watch probably wouldn't have access to? I would have thought Centurions, but the fact that they're in this actually makes things quite interesting. I also like the fact that um, both Terminators and Assault Terminators made the transition over. But uh, did they have those before? Yeah, they did. They did have Terminators. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair enough. Well, my, my mistake then. On to Space Wolves. The following units cannot be taken from Space Wolves chapter. Apothecaries, because they already have them. Um, assault Squads, they already have them. Devastator Squads, already have them. Stern Guard Squads, uh, Stern Guard Veterans, Tactical Squads, and Vanguard Veteran Squads. Now, the Vanguard Veteran Squads and the, the Stern Guard is interesting. I suppose they have their own first company and stuff, but those are both units that I would have thought would have found a decent niche in Space Wolves armies, especially the Vanguard Vets. You got any thoughts? I mean, I know Skyclaws are technically the same thing, but Matt, is there anything there that seems weird? No, look, it, it, it's all kind of, you know, I, I guess the neat way of avoiding duplication and making sure, you know, yeah. you know, a game where there's a rule of three, you don't have rock three dev squads and three long fang squads, things like that. You know, just I, I think it's just a, a neat way of, uh, you know, of, of excluding the units they wouldn't have had before and allowing them to have their own, yeah. I, I guess, bit of personal flair in there to uh, to make up for that. No, totally fair enough. Now jumping over to the abilities. So they had their they have their Angels of Death compilation of, of abilities. None of these have changed. They've still got endless no no fear. So reroll um, each time a combat attrition test is taken, ignore any roll modifiers. That is that is changed. Um they don't get to oh sorry. Yes, they don't get to re-roll the leadership test. If you fail the leadership, you fail it. Um but um ignore any or modifiers. So you only lose guys on ones. I don't believe you take um the half strength issue they've still got bolter discipline still got shock assault and still got all their combat doctrines that being dev tactical and assault doctrine now they've got a they've got a couple of deployment abilities there but nothing of that nothing there is seeming different or new to me that i can see gentlemen anything from your your ends uh looks pretty much the same as it was before really my yeah. thoughts as well. So flipping the page over to the first of the data sheets, and we are, there's there's already some differences here. So rights of battle, this is the, the primary captain is the first one you come across. And we're probably just going to talk about the uh, captain with mastercrafted um, heavy bolt rifle as another, well, for those of you who watched the la- listened to the last one, was the, the mastercrafted special issue bolt pistol or some crap. Um, but yeah, there's a long-winded mastercrafted heavy bolt rifle. And this this is the new captain. He's the captain in, new captain in Gravis Armor. He comes... Uh, with a stat line that reads movement five, weapon skill, physical two plus, strength four, toughness five, seven wounds. So standing at a chunky seven wounds, uh, five attacks, leadership nine, three plus save. He comes with a master crafted heavy bot rifle, as I mentioned before, which is range 36, uh, rapid fire one, strength five minus one two damage so it's a rapid fire heavy bolter essentially and it comes with the mastercraft power sword as well which is um strength plus one minus three two damage is rights of battle rule which is his first of his special rules is um friendly chapter core units within six so not friendly chapter x units within six um each time the model unit makes an attack reroll a hit roll of one it also has a four plus invulnerable save gentlemen so this is the new guy that was added and i will i should have caveated this before we're not going to be touching on every single data sheet but the vast majority of them have not changed we'll touch on the bits where the ones have changed and we'll touch on the ones where we think their, their position in the meta has changed or the ones that have had a significant upgrade or downgrade so as, as this is this guy is brand new and what are your initial thoughts off the off top of your head uh jess well i mean he obviously isn't someone that you doesn't necessarily seem amazing with that loadout, I, I think a lot of the time when you take the captain, you might be looking for a more specific loadout, and unfortunately, that is something that is, uh, I guess, slightly slightly weak with the Primaris models because they don't really have that customizability. Um, mm-hmm. But on, you know, just I think Power Swords obviously getting a bit better now. Actually, not bad. Really, he's not horrible. Um, you know, he's got like the things you would want in a captain. I just think that now. Um, 
you might be you might be preferring like a captain that get has maybe has a little bit more maneuverability um mm. or slightly tougher but i think you know what he's actually not that bad um so yeah so he comes in at a comes in at only 105 points and so he's he has got a lot of toughness five wounds for 105 points matt do you do you see any mileage here Look, I, I think personally when you're taking a captain, you're either taking a guy on a bike with a super good combat weapon or with a jump pack to move across the board and to project damage, or you're taking a bare bones guy to give your reroll Zora because you rely on the yeah. reroll aura for whatever reason. And I kind of think the ones like this guy that are in the middle, they're just kind of awkward and they don't mm. really do anything well. It, it, they're kind of like, you know, fifth ed space marines, right? They do everything kind of okay, but nothing well. And yeah. Like, un- unfortunately, I think he sort of just falls into the same thing. Like, he's got seven wounds. He's, you know, he's relatively tough. He's got an okay weapon, but he doesn't excel. He's not going to fly across the board and project a lot of damage and get his points back every game the way you would if you spent 40 more points on a bike captain with a good weapon. Uh, and yeah. you, you actually have that threat. So I feel like he's a bit lukewarm, personally. So th- to me, this is the guy you take um, if you want the guy who's mediocre in both roles he's a mediocre shooting and he's mediocre in combat but if you're just taking a guy if you just want to spam toughness five this is your man but admittedly like you take him you, you pay more you get the guy on a bike even if he's just a buffer and all of a sudden your buff is like extended by another two inches because of your base size so really i yeah i look i could see some mileage for this dude but i'm just not i'm just not sure where he sits he seems like a, just another weird weirdly awkward kitted out dude doesn't move he's only moving five as well which i think is a bit of a, a hindrance so Jumping over to our next um, change, I guess we've got to talk about lieutenants now. So um, just reading out here. Um, so first first change to lieutenants. Lieutenants have stayed relatively the same. There's just two special rules here that have changed. Uh, the first one is tactical precision. When a friendly chapter core unit that is in six of this model, each time model unit makes an attack, real wind rolls of one. So we didn't talk about the captain aura as much, but both the captain and lieutenant aura have been changed to just affect core units. Um, I will say as a caveat here, the vast majority of the Space Marine options are all freaking core. And we'll, that's something we'll talk about in part two about just how much of this book is core. But do you guys see that as being a significant limiting factor in your army choices or how you build and construct a Space Marine army? Uh, I, I, I'm glad for this change. I think mm-hmm. that at the, end of, uh, at the end of last edition, everyone was just chucking their, their token 60-point lieutenant in to give, you know, yep. re-rolls of one to six different tanks that were all sitting in a little bubble and it was offensive. <laughs> um, I yeah, know that obviously there's a lot of core units in this book, so it doesn't make a huge change, but at least it shows that the thinking of the, the rules writers is on, on, you know, is kind of on point here and they're, they're making good decisions about the game, I think. Yeah, I suppose I'll flick this next question over to you, Jez, but the next rule here is company of heroes. So if your army is Battleforged, then for each lieutenant included in a detachment, a second lieutenant can be included in that detachment without taking up an additional battle real, battlefield role slot. So that's pretty much you just like you take a captain and a lieutenant in a patrol. You can all of a sudden you can take a second lieutenant in that patrol, essentially get a third HQ in there. Does, does that spice up your life at all? Is that any, an interesting bit of intrigue? Uh, I think it... I mean, it sounds very banal and it always was previously, but I think in the current, in this edition, it's actually a bit better than it was because HQ slots are a lot scarcer, more scarce. Um, and, and, and lieutenants are something you often would want two of them, to be honest. Um, you know, depending on the archetype of the army you're building, um, at least previously, and they're, but their obviously aura hasn't changed that much. Um, no. You know, and, and 
it just means that you can kind of have a lieutenant that might be sitting in a backfield style role with with your kind of gun line or with whatever it might be, assuming obviously he's extending the buff. You know, another one pushing forward. So there might be a situation where you you do take them up on that. And I think in the past when you just kind of be like whatever, now where those HQ slots are a bit of a premium, you actually will want to be able to take those two lieutenants for one slot. So I think it is actually relevant. Yeah, I I tend to agree. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but I think you used to be able to take multiple lieutenants in the same slot, yeah? You used to be able to take one to three lieutenants for a single choice. I think it used to be the same. It used to be two. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so. yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So it's just a it's just a weird different different wording option there. Um, now the next new unit, this one is brand new. This is the Primaris Chappie on a bike. Now a lot has been said about this guy, and there is a lot to say about this guy. But I'll I'll just go over his stat line really quick. Um, he's movement fourteen, which is already exceptional. Uh, weapon skill two plus, boost skill three plus, strength four, toughness five, seven wounds again, attacks four, leadership nine, and three plus save. He has is a observable bolt pistol, which is the same as other Primaris Chappies. Pistol one, eighteen inches. Sorry, uh, strength four, five, toughness. Sorry, strength five, AP one, two damage. Talking a little bit too fast. And then he has his uh, twin bolt rifle, which is thirty inches, rapid fire two, strength four, minus one, one damage. Then he has his Crozis, which has which is the same as everybody else, plus two strength, minus one, two damage. And his everything else there is exactly the same, except he's got um, Raven Wing if he's Dark Angels, Wolf Priest if he's Wolf Priesty, and uh, Turbo Boosters, yeah, the additional six inches. Now, gentlemen, this guy comes in at 115 points. And when you factor in the Master Sanctity bust and how good the Litneys are, how, how much of an auto-take do you think this guy will be? Well, you compare this guy to the Captain from two minutes ago, right? And he's 10 points more. Who do you take? Like, this is what I'm saying about that sort of combat character, though, right? You spend 10 Mm. more points, and how much is the chaplain upgrade? 15? I think it's 20 for the chaplain upgrade, right? I'll Um, I'll double check for you a second. Keep talking. Yeah. So, so, assume it's 25, right? 140 points. It's 35. It's it's a few points more than the. than the captain, but you're getting this guy who firstly can give rerolls to a unit through the litany if he wants to, but also when he buffs himself, he goes 14 inches across the board on a smaller board size than we're used to. You know, if you're not you know, not fully adjusted yet, he is moving a long way and he is going to project a lot of damage and he's got seven wounds. Like he's tough. He's really hard to kill. He's T5. Like th- this guy is fantastic. Jez, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think if you look at, I mean, someone that used chaplains, so, you know, I used uh, at least one chaplain in the back end of eight on my death watch and you take a jump chaplain and he was always good, had these things going for him. But this guy just has so much more for almost no additional cost in this edition. This is an mm-hmm. edition where a lot of things have gone up in price. Um, and this guy is, is obviously a little bit more pricey than other chaplains. But as Matt said, what you're getting really is relevant. You're getting um, the wounds, high wounds, high toughness, great movement. Um, you know, he's, he's got a, a weapon skill of two plus. Like, that's not mm-hmm. usual for chaplains. Uh, you can uh, give them that. They've all got, they've all got, they've all got weapon skill two plus. Okay, okay, cool. And you can give them the um, uh, the relic that, that Crozius we spoke about last. Uh, yeah, the, the, and- the strength the strength plus three, minus three, uh, minus two, flat three damage, a special Crozius. He becomes, you can make this guy into an absolute beat stick and you can take the litany where he buffs himself. That's the um, Benediction of Fury is what we're talking about. Yep. So I think he's pretty good. Like, I, I definitely yeah. think you, if you're wanting to include chaplains, which I think everyone would want at least one, um, mm-hmm. this guy you probably could, if you're going to make, if you're going to make one of them the, um, upgraded one. Can you do it to this guy? I think you can, right? It's just whether that's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, you would probably do it on one of these ones. It's a bit tougher. And I personally think already in the, in the list that I would want to make where you might want the double chaplain, I would be looking at two of these. I just don't see why you wouldn't take two. Like if you're going to just double down, they're, they're tough, they're cheap. Um, yeah. And they're, they're pretty strong in combat. If you've got if you've got enough litanies that your army wants to use, I see no reason why you can't take why you wouldn't take two. They're just they're just that good. Um, and maybe maybe one of those is walking, maybe one of those isn't. But uh, I still just think they're incredible for their points. Now, all right, jumping over to the next one. Next one is the primary techie. This guy's also brand new. Um, he's starting at a pretty nifty eighty points. I feel like you do get a lot for those points, but I'll read him out really quickly. Um, movement six, weapon skill three plus, ballistic skill two plus, strength toughness four, five wounds, four attacks, leadership eight, two plus save. He comes with a forge bolter, which is a an assault. It's twenty four inch range, but it's an assault three heavy bolter essentially. Um, each time the bear shoots, it can make attacks with this weapon, even if it uh, also makes attacks with pistols or grenades. So you can shoot this in addition to like a pistol weapon, which you wouldn't normally be able to do. It comes with a grav pistol, um, which is a pistol one, 12 inches, strength five, minus three, one damage. And when you're, uh, for the grav change, we might as well tell you now, um, if you're shooting something with a three plus armor save with a grav weapon, it gets uh, damage flat two. So no longer D3, just flat two damage, which is better for some cases, better, not better for others. It comes with a mechadendrite. Um, which is a melee attack, strength plus one, um, zero AP and one damage. Each time the bear fights, it makes two additional attacks with this weapon. So it's up to six effective attacks. He has an Omnisign Power Axe, which is strength plus two, minus two, two damage. And then there's a Servo Arm as well, which uh, is melee times two, minus two, flat three damage. And it makes one attack with that weapon. So he has one attack with uh, essentially a Thunder Hammer that, that isn't minus two. Um, he has... Two additional attacks at uh, that are essentially like punches, uh, just plus one strength, so strength five. Then he has will have three attacks with that axe, at strength plus two, minus two, two damage, which would be uh, strength six in this case. So the blessing of the Omnisire is his special, which has changed at the beginning of your movement phase. Uh, sorry, I apologize, this isn't the one that's changed. Um, it can repair something within a vehicle within three, and against D3, lost wounds can only be repaired once per f- turn and then as awakened machine spirits in your command phase this model can make in one friendly chapter vehicle model within three for the start of your next command phase each time the vehicle makes a ranged attack add one to the attacks a hit roll each model can only be awakened once per turn so that is 80 points there guys and it's i read out a crap load of stuff there jeremy he seems phenomenal if you're yeah, building yeah. around him yeah yeah definitely i mean not as good as the, the tech marine of as we said in last time in the eighth edition broken tech marine with the aura and all these other things going for him this one for his cost you're getting a very robust stat line obviously it's really nice to have that 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 extra wound um with the two up save it it really does go very far um and he's just yeah he's just pretty good in combat like he's just there's nothing particularly bad about him and then you get the healing option as well as the awakening option and i think that awaken option when you when you're going for those that big repulse or whatever you might want He's very, very worth having that take marine for the plus one to hit. Yeah, I think he just. Uh, and if you upgrade this guy to be giving plus one strength, plus one attack to dreadnoughts and stuff, and he's all of a sudden giving plus one to hit as well as healing them for flat three, there just seems to be so much value for those eighty points. Um, Matt, any thoughts? Yeah, look, I, I think he's really good in a list that's built to take advantage of him. Obviously, he's less good in some of the sort of lists we're talking about last week, which were pretty infantry heavy. Um, mm-hmm. But look. We'll get to the Dreadnoughts at some point this episode, I'm sure, and that Dreadnought list sounds like it can be an actual list. And obviously, if you're going to run you know, lots of vehicles, they're sort of, you know, this is a, a bit of a no-brainer choice just for the flexibility that he gives you and all the options you get that sort of make the rest of the stuff you know, around him better. 
uh, is pretty good, I reckon. Yeah, I rate it. Yep. Fair enough. Enough said. I think he's if you're building around if you're gonna if you're gonna get any mileage out of him for eighty points, I think he's crazy. Like he could be giving it's, so much value yeah, to an, a th- one of your three hundred point vehicles. Sorry, Jez. It's worth noting that his buff as well is in the command phase, um, which is obviously prior to movement. So being able to buff something like a bit like a storm raven or a flyer uh, with a mm-hmm. plus one hit, shoot that flyer forward. That flyer can assassinate a character, can do some big big plays. And that tech marine's still in your backfield, ready to do it again next turn to a different flyer or something. A different yeah. vehicle. So that's absolutely powerful kind of tech that it didn't actually have before. Um, when you wanted to use him, but in pre- previous editions to buff like a group of vehicles, he had to babysit them. Because now he doesn't actually babysit them. He can put on a vehicle, and that vehicle can move forward and still gain the benefit. Uh, so yeah, exactly right. I think that's a really good pickup, dude. That's actually a really, really good pickup. Um, I didn't even think of that. Awesome job. Um, we've got up to the troop slots now. So we've got intercessors. We've got assault intercessors, as everyone would be aware. We have brand new heavy intercessors, which is a thing I didn't think we needed, but we have it now. Um, my first impression of these guys are a bit wonky. So I'll just let you know they start for 20, 28 points a model. Um, but for that, here's the stat line. Um, movement five, weapon skill, physical three plus, as you'd expect. Strength four, toughness five, three wounds, two attacks, leadership seven, three plus save, naturally leadership eight, and an extra attack on the sergeant. Um, they all come with a heavy bolt rifle, which, um, and this is hard to explain, so I'll just let me just do this in a couple of layers. Heavy bolt rifle is range 36, a rapid fire one, strength five, minus one, one damage. So an old, an old heavy bolter um, with a couple of less shots. Um, and then if no models in the unit is equipped with a heavy bolter, which I think you can take one model for every five with a heavy bolter. Um, all the models can replace their, uh, sorry, all the models in the unit can have their heavy bolt rifles replaced with Hellstorm bolt rifles each. So Hellstorm bolt rifle is assault three, strength five, one one damage, 30 inches as well. And then there's the, if all these models in the unit have their heavy bolt rifles replaced with one executioner bolt rifle, and this one is heavy two, 42 inch range, so the whole freaking board now, strength five minus two, three damage. Now, um, they can also take, naturally, I said, a, a Hellstorm Heavy Bolter as well, which is Heavy 4, Strength 5, no rend, 2 damage. There's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot of weird, wonky breakdown stuff, but safe to say their first profile, the the one they come with stock, is um, is a, the equivalent of the Intercessor. They've got a, a, all an equivalent, equivalent Intercessor gun. They've got a, um, a three-shot one that's Strength 5. They've got a Rapid Fire one that's Strength 5, and they've got a, a Heavy 2. Now, here's the one that I think stands out. It's that Heavy 2 one. Um, so, guys, have you guys any, any initial thoughts on these bad boys? Um, yeah. Sorry, you know. um, look, I think, uh, look, oh, I really don't like expensive troops choices like these. Now, they do have three wounds. I didn't mention that yet, Adam. So they are they're, they're very tough. Um, and in an addition that favours, you know, staying power on objectives and stuff, if you have a big unit of these guys, you know, seven, eight guys, that's a lot of wounds on an objective and you, you get a lot of value out of buffing them up with things like the apothecary uh, that can bring guys back here. There's sort of a lot of value to that. The The damage output looks okay. It doesn't, it's not overwhelming. It's You're not going to shoot up other big sort of units of equivalent points cost and just take them off the board. You might shoot some, some scouts or some cultists and you're going to kill them, but, you know, you really should be killing anything, uh, you know, that, that's sort of a, a small unit like that. It just seems like it's a bit of an awkward unit. Um, they're not quite, you know, your Hellblast level of damage. They're a little bit better than your your normal intercessors. But I think where they're going to fall down is just being too expensive for, you know, for something that just takes up board space and doesn't die. 
so I made a mistake before. I read out the execution of Heavy Bolter, but I, I meant to read, read out the execution of Bolt Rifle. You can see how this stuff will get confusing, guys, out there. But the um, so the, the, the regular one is the Heavy Bolt Rifle, which is the 30... Cough, cough which is the 36-inch uh, heavy rapid fire one, strength five minus one damage. And the heavy option there is only one shot, 42-inch range, strength five minus two, two damage. So, yeah, I feel like I actually totally agree with you, Soli. I think they're in a pretty awkward place. For those eight points, though, so there's an eight-point difference between Intercessor and a heavy Intercessor. For that, you get one pip of toughness, one more wound, and essentially a better weapon, a better equivalent weapon. Jez, does that make them good enough to be in consideration? Um, I think it does. Um, I, I think they are quite strong. Obviously, their gun is kind of it, it is seemingly better than. And I assume the price is including the gun when you when you quote the it price. Is, yeah. yeah, like the guns. It seems like it's just just better than the intercessor guns. I mean, like the executor bolt rifle, uh, heavy one, strength five, AP two, two damage, pretty good. Like it, it's solid. Um, the one with the three shots, the Hellstorm at thirteen ranges, thirteen range. That's strength five, damage one, and then in a doctrine with AP one, that's actually pretty good. Um, so mm. both of the weapon types are strong. Um, I think that at, for the eight point um, premium, gaining a wound and a toughness is going to make them very effective against a lot of um, enemy shooting. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. means it, on on a, on one damage weapons, the survivability is is definitely going to be worth it because if you're shooting them with with strength four or five bolters, these guys are a lot tougher for their price than the eight points reflects. Because, you know, if you're shooting them with strength five, you'll be winning them on fours instead of threes. If you're shooting them in strength four, you're going to be winning them at fives instead of fours. So they're going to be against like mass fire. That toughness five is very relevant. So, yeah. Um, and so is the extra wound. The only time they become slightly not as relevant is when you're shooting them with high damage weapons like D6 or three damage weapons. Um, but when you're doing that, you're obviously going to be supporting these guys with, the, with an apothecary. Um, yeah, and we know that the apothecary yep. with a six up FMP, if someone shoots you with a three damage shot and you've got three chances to roll a six, and we obviously spoke about this last week, um, rolling a six there effectively means that they're going to need like those two melter shots to kill, to kill you potentially, or yeah. those two, whatever, whatever the shot shooting might be, it might be like, um, I don't know, like something like dark reapers. That's really it really is quite heinous. Um, and if you, actually, to be honest with you, the best way to realize the value of these guys is to imagine shooting them with Dark Reapers. Like, you just mm-hmm. suddenly, where Dark Reapers would quite happily shoot their, their double shot profile, strength five, um, two damage, double shot yep. per, per gun. Now they kind of don't want to shoot those shots anymore. Now they want to shoot the single shot. But then if you roll a, a six of FNP, you've really put them in a hard spot. So I personally think um, the infantry heavy armies are going to want some of these. I don't know if you would spam them. I don't know if you'd go only heavy intercessors. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. And I think the main reason for it is that they don't seemingly don't have the combat flexibility that normal intercessors have. Yeah. Um, and I know we're going to talk about assault intercessors in a second, but I think the good thing about the regular intercessor is the regular intercessor has good shooting it's more. It's they're quicker. They move um, an inch quicker than the heavy intercessor, and mm-hmm. they also have like the power fist in the unit. And they get more benefit from that. So I think, I think heavy intercessors would definitely have a, a, a space in the list. But I wouldn't be planning around just taking eight units of them. I'd be thinking 
maybe one or two, three units of them to sit with the apothecary, hold the midfield, move into that midfield contested position, but they're not going to be the unit that can rush to the breach. So I do think they're good, but not like as a just full on spam, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think, but I think if you're going to, so I think there's two ways to go with it. You splash one unit, two units and stop, or you go full skew. And I think these guys take character support better than any other troop that I can think of. As far as character support being uh, something that's smashy, that also gives them rerolls. Um, if you can put a character like that next to them, it functions as that melee element that you're talking about that they don't have in comparison to intercessors, but they also get the the rerolls on their premium weapons. And I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that you can't upgrade that intercessor sergeant, uh, the heavy intercessor sergeant. I think if you could, they'd be, I think, too good. I think right now, because they can't do that, because they can be tapped and ignored, they've only got, like, if you if you charge them, they've got three punch attacks, essentially. They can be, like, you've, like a, a regular intercessor squad with a power fist charges heavy intercessors, the regular intercessors will win that eventually. And I think that's really interesting. Um, the fact that you're probably paying 100 less points, give or take, for a larger unit of, of a larger comparable unit. Because um, you, you can take 10 heavy intercessors. Now, remember what we were saying before about that stratagem? We said the best stratagem we could think of from the last book was the one that would give every, a, a unit every single one of the doctrines active at the same time. I feel like the heavy intercessors, a, a unit of 10 heavy intercessors, um, sitting at the back of the board that had a relevant doctrine bonus, say Iron Hands, where they reroll ones already in heavy doctrine, and you could make them have heavy doctrine for two or three turns of the game. A, a 10 man sitting on a home objective, they're going to be absolutely infallible to kill because they've already got the six up, feel no pain, and you're just you're just going to laugh at people who try and take you off that that home board. It's just yours. You just you give them one support. They've already got reruns ones to to hit from the the doctrine, so you just give them a, a maybe a, a Teeth of Terror Lieutenant. You know, and all of a sudden that package is two hundred and eighty odd points for the ten of them. Maybe a couple of the better, the better heavy bolter guns in there, but it's so well rounded. It has legitimate firepower to deal with anything, and it's actually pretty fearsome to try and remove. Like it takes, you t- it takes tank guns to kill this thing. Um, that's what I think I see it for. If you take any of them, take ten or two fives, and then you, you die. You're done. So don't go crazy on. And there's one other Thanks. note as well. Sorry, what? What? So before, just before you jump in. Um, there was a buff we spoke about last week, wasn't there, that affected Gravis-only armor? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, a reactive plus one to their save. Yeah, so these guys have the Gravis armor. They do, so, absolutely right. So that's obviously something that we have to consider as well. Mm. And when I... Yeah, yeah. And that do- that um, stratagem that gives them all the doctrines, all of a sudden, if you charge them, they're in assault doctrine when they hit you back. All of a sudden, those attacks, those punches uh, are minus one. They might actually do something. But yeah, Soli, have you got anything to add on these bad boys before we move on? Yeah, look, I, I agree with what a lot-, a lot of Jeremy is saying here. I think that this is kind of one of those units you're never going to waste your, you know, your normal strength four and IAP shooting at. So the fact that they shrug off those, you know, those bulk gun shots is almost irrelevant because... If you've got a unit of 10, people are going to deal with that either through, you know, combat characters or through, you know, mass high strength shooting, think, you know, Terminators with uh, with combi plasmas or the like. But people aren't going to be shooting these sort of, you know, I, I, I guess weak weapons into them. Having access to the plus one save as well, especially sort of makes them invulnerable to that, you know, to, to that sort of weapon archetype. So mm. I think it's a good unit to go and take the middle of the board, but I also, like, they are also very expensive. So you just got to keep yeah. in mind that if you're taking a big unit of them to be supported by the apothecary, because obviously if you lose the unit, you get no value from the apothecary for that unit. So you want to have seven, eight, nine, maybe even ten in the start with. You're talking about you know two hundred to you know to almost three hundred points there once you've 
you know, you, you've put that, that package together. It's just, it seems very expensive to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's I'd an interesting planning- unit though. It's a very interesting unit. Yeah. Um, the way I'd be planning to use them is just to have probably just one unit, to be honest. I think people that say, oh, you know, you have four or five units, like it just, they just add up too quickly and you end up with an army that's no, not mobile. And you'll end up mm. suffering a similar fate to lists like custodies lists and armies that just can't get around the board. But yep. you can one unit or two units just to push into the middle of the board to bodyguard your ter- your your um, characters. And then even just having that one unit's good because you have access to transhuman and the plus one save. So they can never, no one can ever lean on your unit and just kill it. If they ever if they ever put themselves in a position they really want to threaten that unit, you have the defensive stratagems to basically shore them up for that turn. And that's really annoying to be able to reactively do that. So if your opponent says, I'm going to shoot this big unit of, um, I don't know, like uh, whatever it might be at you. So, okay, well, I'm going to plus one save and my transhuman. So good luck. Like you're not going to kill any of them. You might kill two or three at most. And that's horrific. So as, as yeah. Matt said, they're not going to shoot at you. And that means you've got this big bulky unit just marching towards the middle of the objective with characters in the middle of it. That's why I'd be imagining them having that, that support. So mm. I think they're fantastic, but if you use them in moderation. Yep, I could agree with that. I think we've we've done them justice as well. We were like we could talk about assault recessive, but assault recessive has actually been out for like Almost the, like the better part of like nine months now. Um, do do anything you guys want to discuss about them? Or any talking points you think we need to hit on? No, I think uh, yeah, I think it's pretty common knowledge. Well, I think, yeah, the, I only think it's thing, the only thing people might be curious about is the fact that they are the only ones that possess the fight twice strap. Um, yeah, that's that true. Reason, that's given yeah. them a, a bit of a, a notch in their belt that they otherwise wouldn't have had. As a result of that, I do think, and I mean, we did have a pet, uh, you know question last week about blood angels. I think if you're running a list that wants to have those intercessors just running forward and, and, and assaulting, sorry, advancing from turn one to just mm. get into the middle of the board, I I think, or the other alternative is if you actually are planning on using an impulsor or two and boarding them up, I do think there's merit to having assault intercessors. Um, I, absolutely, I absolutely think there's a lot of merit. I think there are like... I think Black Templars, White Scars, and Blood Angels and Space Wolves are all make uh, absolutely insane MSU intercessors and can just make them go and make them, make them go really hard. Yeah, well, ha- being able to fight twice for 2CP means your opponent has to, has to, has to consider that. Um, mm. It gives them a bit of extra threat. But at the same yep. time, they don't, they're not fighting and punching like a lot of premium assault units do. And because they're not punching quite as, as hard as other units might, like that Death Company or Sangard unit that in the past you would have fought twice with. It, it isn't as good, but I do think they have a consideration. I think a lot of people would just flip the page straight over. But with the way the stratagem works now, it might be worth having, you know, if you are going to mount a couple of units in um, impulses, you might go with Assault Intercessors. Mm-hmm. No, mm. Totally agree. Uh, jumping over to the next one we're going to talk about, we're actually going to talk about two-wing tactical squad. Tactical Marines. We might not talk about them too much, but just whether or not you guys think it's a game changer they get two wounds and think they're in consideration. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There are so many strats that make intercessors good that Tactical Marines don't have. And, like, I I understand that there's some flexibility there they didn't have before, 
you know, being able to go on a pod, having melter guns, things like that. I, I, I just think it's a waste of time when you can make intercessors and assault intercessors, you know, again, the same level of durability, but I think you just get more out of those units. Um, yeah, so, I, I, I think if you absolutely need a troop's choice that's cheap for whatever reason, then I guess this is now your cheapest troop's choice. So they might get picked up for that, but it's only going to be to fill out a detachment, I think. Well, you think about it. So there's a two points difference between attack, attack marine, and an intercessor. There's 18 yeah. points for the attack, two points for the intercessor. For the two points, you get one more attack, which is already worth two points in my mind, and you get a far superior base weapon. Like the just the regular the regular bolter or the stalker bolters are so much superior to a regular bolt gun. It's not funny. Just getting 100%. a rend makes you three times better, in my opinion, than what you were before. Unless you know for a fact you're playing nothing but Gorn Horde, in which case it's the same yeah. crap. But uh, that like for my mind, I think the two points that you get dif- the difference between those and those two points absolutely premium. The only thing, the only reason you'd want the tactical squads if you you wanted to spam a gun. Or spam a unit choice, or you're playing salamanders, and you're going to get a lot of mileage spamming that MSU, like spamming a combi melter and a melter, um, a heavy bolter and a whatever on that unit. And you're going to get two, you're going to get a reroll and some good mileage there. Um, that's the only reason I see tactical squads being useful. Apart from that, I unfortunately think they stay on the shelf. But look, the thing is, though, they're in the they're in the conversation. We actually talked about them. That's a win, right, guys? Well, yeah, I mean, how long did this, yeah. Yeah, how long did this section last? Right, how long did we talk about having ancestors for? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. It's true. I'm I trying mean, to be nice here. The thing is, I think there is some actual merit to as 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 much as I agree with both of you. Um, I do think that there is some merit to the, that list you spoke about, where you said the um, salamanders spamming the 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 you know special and or heavy weapons, um, because like at the end of the day, defensively, they're they're very similar to. Normal intercessors, they only lose the ability basically to take to, to transhuman. And the plus one reactive, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and well, on the Gravis, yeah. So that losing the Gravis plus one reactive, um, but if you just came around to the normal intercessors, they're the same level of defensiveness. Um, the normal mm-hmm. gun's not as good, but if you are just taking them so that you can have lots of las cannons or lots of multi melters or lots of whatever you whatever you're taking, heavy bolters, then they're actually not bad, but at the same time, you wouldn't do it. So yeah, it's also expensive though, man. Because bear in mind the base unit cost has gone up now, so they now cost ninety points for five guys with nothing. That if you're trying to spam special or heavy weapons, you're paying more for the platform to put those weapons on. So you actually end up not really getting very much for your, you know, for your points cost there. Sure. Yeah, and like as, as soon as you put a lascan on these guys, they're they're more expensive than the same amount of intercessors. As soon as you put a melter gun, exactly the same question. Um, I think they're the same. Melter guns ten points on them. Oh, never mind. I don't even know. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say these things. But as soon as you start taking these guys up, they are more expensive. So the argument that these guys are cheaper um, for for ten points more, you get a unit that does so much more. If you're just comparing apples to apples, if you want to compare apples to oranges, these guys I, I, up. Yeah. But yeah, for for spamming, if you want it, if there is a if there is a weapons profile that just kicks ass in your meta, and you need to spam it, like you can do it. Yeah, I think that's that's strong. Now we're gonna we're gonna have a good bit of a giggle because scouts are elite choices. How better <laughs> scouts, man? Oh baby. Uh, do you, anyone else remember in uh in eighth where every marine or pseudo marine list had three by five scouts as their troops? Dude, I've got. I've got three units of I uh, dude. I made I had to make units of don't crucify me uh, people in the chat. I had to make three units of Black Templar scouts 
<laughs> to try and play Black Templars as competitive as competitive as possible. Sacrilegious, I know. But so now I've got six units of, of uh I've got six units of scouts. I'm just ripping the bases off of them and sticking my intercessors on them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't they are so them, bad. They're terrible. They're, they're, they are so yeah. bad. Yeah, you would okay. never you'd never take them. You're just like oh, so, okay. Only only time you take them is when if and only if Demon bombs and GSE become good, and you just need something cheap to push them back. That's it. That's the only terms and conditions I can see where you'll actually want to take more than well. You take you would still just you just take one unit of five, really, if that happens. Well, you take infiltrators because they're troops and they actually contribute to the fight. But infiltrators are like triple the points. No, they're not. That's the only, that's the only consideration. It's one twenty oh, really? versus it's one twenty versus eighty for a minimum squad. I think infiltrators so forty uh, points. Uh, infiltrators yeah, okay. are fifty percent better than the scouts, though. And they're, yeah, and they're only what one third more expensive. Uh, they're they're fifty percent more expensive than scouts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, well, the funny thing was, for a moment there, I was just like, oh, but scouts have two wounds. They don't have two wounds. Yeah, yeah. It's so bad. You oh. would just take infiltrators to fill that role, I think. You would. Well, you're just taking curses. Like, and curses are even cheaper. They're even better in combat than either of the other two we just mentioned. Blind eliminators um, as well. We have to bear in mind. And you take eliminators. Yeah, look. F the scouts. They had yeah, their day. Their day is yeah. over. Put them on the shelf, guys. Rebase them. Put them in the corner. Never heard of them. Whatever. <laughs> um, so we've we've talked this next one up is the apothecary now we've talked about the apothecary pretty extensively so but for those who need to say it again they now give a six up feel no pain bubble essentially to units within six um so units in three apologies now i wish it was models within six rather than yeah units within three i would much rather that change because i feel like it's just too good as it is yeah you guys any got any thoughts well, it's great. We sort of we waffled on about this one already, but he's with, with that uh, with the chief apothecary, you know, ac- access to that uh, that trait and just the, the the way that he that he gets to you know increase the durability of everything around him exponentially. It's just it's so good. Mm. The, the guy it's is so, so good. So good. He's uh, to my mind, he's an auto take. He's the so far he's the only auto take I see for this book, which is good. It's actually a good thing. We've got, you know, we've talked through so much of the book. There isn't a chapter that's an auto take. There isn't a warlord trait or a thing that's an auto take. But from my mind, a upgraded, um, upgraded apothecary is an auto take from this book. Oh, the uh, bike, do you guys bike, have any? Yeah, bike cap is pretty good too. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, he's he's bordering auto take. But um, yeah. Jez, any, yeah. anything to dispute that? Well, I mean, obviously there's some lists that, that might not take him. There might be mech lists or whatever. That's some sort of dreadnought list, whatever it might be. But any lists that we've kind of spoken about typically in this so far um, have have would have have him included. And I think you just take the Primaris one for the extra wound. Um, mm-hmm. You don't want him to get gibbed. You don't want him to get sniped. That extra wound makes him so much harder to get sniped. Um, that it's definitely, especially because he gives himself the feel no pain, I believe. Yes, he... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The uh, characters can't benefit from their own auras. At least that's oh, my understanding. Well, the infantry unit uh, is within three of this model. Um, yeah, I believe well, there's a, I was I was informed there was a thing in the basic rulebook that says auras okay, can't affect okay. that. Well, I mean, in that case, obviously, you definitely want him then, right? You definitely want that fifth wound so that you do get hit by Vindicare, you do get hit by some rangers, you just have that extra chance to not die. So um, I definitely think it's worth taking the Primaris version. Mm. Yeah, I absolutely think so as well. All right, so jumping over to so the next one, the next talking point here, and this is a 
interesting one. I'm not sure how you guys feel about them, but they seem to be the the hot stuff for lists at the moment. That's Blagard veterans. Now, but coming into this book, prior to this book, there was a max of th- is max of three man squads. You can only take three of them in a squad. Now you can take six, uh, which I think might put them over the top as for absolute power units because when you could have a unit of three of them the the amount of relevant buffs you could chuck on them and stratagem bonuses and things like that you wouldn't stretch so far and a lot of times you wouldn't use stratagems on it but six of them and the capacity what's the capacity of an impulsor oh what's that it's six it seems like an amazing package now yeah it does doesn't it um Mm. so they obviously do really have that powerful stat line um Three wounds is a nice number. We've spoken about that before in regards to the mm. better, the um, sorry, the heavy intercessors. They're, they're hitting with powerful weapons. Like I think the Mastercraft, the Power Swords, um, it's just a nice stat line. Just plus one strength, yeah. AP two, two damage. Just a very catch-all stat line. Lots of attacks, uh, and obviously very powerful defensive profile that you can then support with, um, obviously like the transhuman. So. I, I do think they're a very strong unit. But just like with the Heavy Intercessors, I wouldn't be planning on spamming these. I'd be planning on taking maybe one unit, two units, putting them in those, potentially the impulses, shooting them up forward and contesting that, yeah. that the center area of the board as, as soon as possible. Yeah, and I really think this is a good unit to make OBSEC that doesn't have OBSEC. This is core, by the way, as, as if I didn't mention before, this is core. Um, so they get all relevant buffs. So you can buff them to the absolute uh, gills. And I do think this is a unit that takes OBSEC really, really, really well. Having having a 2 plus 4 plus standing with 3 wounds, they take Apothecaries really well, and they are they just a really well-rounded unit. If you've got a, if you've got a chapter that can give any meaningful melee buffs, these guys are just like the the platform of choice, I think. Um, Matt, any, any anything to add there? No, look, I, I think they're good. Um, I look, I don't seem, I don't think they're as as powerful as some of the hype around it has sort of made them out to be. But look, they are they are relatively expensive at the end of the day. You really are paying for durability and for combat ability, and they fight pretty well. You know, for a thirty five point model, they are you know they they punch pretty good. They're pretty durable with the the storm shield to the standing two up um, and the four up involved. Like they're pretty tough. But look, at the same time, right. Uh, they're also not immune to to dying, and we're not talking about a unit like Tac Marines here, where in the old days you shoot, you know, you shoot the bolters on your Rhino, and every now and then you pick up a Tac Marine. That's obviously not mm-hmm. going to happen with these guys. People are going to be shooting real weapons that are, you know, with with the intent of killing them at them. And the four plus involved, they're not immune. They're not immune to, yeah. to dying here. Um, but also, they take the apothecary buff really well as well. Um, you know, in in this type of army, there's definitely a spot for them. I just don't think they're as good as everyone else is making them out to be, but they're definitely not bad. No, that's totally fair. Because yeah, like these are been have been really, really, really hyped. If we hadn't, if I hadn't said that enough, they seem to be everyone's uh, bread and butter. That they uh, a bit of their core they're building around. Where I like these is because when you take these and you take heavy intercessors as your troops, all of a sudden you are really starting to leverage that three wound profile, and you can get to this tipping point where you just have so many three wound bodies. They stretch your opponent's um, resources to a point where they can't effectively pick up models anymore. Especially when you can give everything obsec, um, it, it get, just can get a bit. Uh, problematic for him. Now, next one to talk about. This is one. This is one that's close to my heart. Vanguard vets have two wounds, and Stone Guard vets have two wounds. Is this a game changer for either of them? I feel like it's more of a game changer for the Vanguard vets. But if you guys have anything you see with the Stone Guard vets, please let me know. Um, well, I mean, yeah, you're at, um, you go, Matt. Um, I, I like the Vanguard vets in theory. I'm not sure if they are, you know, 
if they're as good in uh, in practice as they are in theory. I, I like the idea of giving them power swords and just you know, I guess maximizing the uh, you know the increase in value that you've gotten from um, you know from that new power sword weapon profile and that extra wound there. I don't think the extra wound really matters too much. They're definitely you know a bit of a throwaway unit. And they're probably going to die after you charge and fight whatever it is that you charge and fight. Uh, but the extra wounds mean that, you know, things like random smites aren't going to pick up, you know, three guys at a time and it's a bit more effort to get through them. Um, I, I look, I, I like it on the Vanguard vets. I'm not sure that that's, a, you know, an army for every situation. Uh, sorry, a unit for every army. Uh, but there's definitely some armies that will you know, probably want to play Vanguard vets, especially Blood Angels, yeah. I think. I, I'm so over the moon about like mince your five minions of Vanguard, Blood Angel Vanguard vets with just a power sword, or if you want to upgrade them to the Storm Shield, it only takes four points. It's only four points per model to give them plus one save and a four plus invuln. I feel yeah. like that's very, very well priced. So, but even if you don't want to do that, you can save and just they become at 22 points a model with what would it be? It'd be three attacks on the charge at strength five minus three. I feel like if you want to cut through chaff, if you want to cut through other little obsec units, it's a great little package that comes in at, at either just over 100 points or just under 100 points, depending on how you want to do it. Um, just with just with the chainsaws, they're fine. Like strength four minus one. Like just with that as Blood Angels is sick for killing up, picking up little obsec units. They're also good, um, and I know people have spoken about this, they're good when you take the Salamander's trait, um, which is the Ignore AP1. And, I mean, I know that they, that's actually also a custom trait, I believe. Um, so in a custom chapter, you could take that as well. And that's yep. obviously really strong because a custom chapter with, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that was one of the custom chapter things, wasn't it? Ignore AP1. Uh, no, it's not Salamander. No, no, the Salamander's one isn't isn't one of them. That's right. Salamander by themselves could just ignore a negative one. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'm just going to check that. But yeah, Salamander's um, obviously, if we just assume that for now, very strong because it means that any AP one into them is they're going to it's going to be going into a top save. Yeah, so exactly right. So they, you basically can't shoot AP one at them um, or yep. AP dash, and for that reason, you have you're having to pump them with AP two or better. At that point, the four up involves actually not bad. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting at that point. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. I think basically making themselves immune to having the, having a three up save means that um, they are quite strong uh, as just they can go and punch something and then be a problem for your opponent to deal with. Mm. Now, so jumping on from there, look, honestly, I think Sternguard are in a little bit of an awkward place. I kind of, I, I, without special issue ammo, um, like, so they do have, they do have, like, the gun is still good, yeah? It's strength four, minus two, would be minus three intact doctrine, uh, rapid fire one. Um, but I do feel like they kind of, they're just like a more expensive intercessor that doesn't have obsec, yeah? Yeah, I think they're bad. I think, uh, the gun is very average. Like, oh, it sounds good being AP2, but it's rapid fire one. So if you have mm. five guys, you're shooting 10 shots, hitting on threes. It's like, cool. You have six hits at strength four. Even if you're shooting into, you know, other other intercessors, what's that? Three wounds. Do you, you kill an intercessor? Oh, great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They are... They are twenty points per model, so they are the same points as intercessors. But then you can you can pay up a plethora of things. You can go combo plasmas for only five points. That's might not be the end of the world. Their flamers are actually twelve points 
uh, 12 inches now. Um, they could spam, you know, combi melters or melter guns. There are some options there, and I, I think there are some things that can make these work, like salamanders, yeah? You take salamanders and just spam combi melters. Maybe that's a thing. But, uh, yeah, at the moment, I just feel like they're in an awkward spot, and there's a lot of things that do what they do. Um, like, you, you, why, why would you spam melters on these guys when you take eradicators? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, just in an awkward space. Uh, next one's the I've seen this guy pronounce his name pronounced three different ways: Judicare, Judicia, or Ju- Judicia, Judicia, yeah, or it's Judicia, Judy, Judy, Judge Judy. Uh, but uh, he's yeah, he's the aura, the range, of his... <laughs> the aura is real, the weapons are real. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up. It's, uh, so um. He used, to, he's, he used to have his uh, temper mortis was uh, six inches range. Now it's three inches range to make something fight last. That's a significant nerf. And I think this, that takes this guy from being like in every other space marine list to probably being in very minimal to no space marine list. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think that my ruling is final on this one. He's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that was perfect. Hey, uh, Jez, anything to add? Well, I was going to say what something. Sully already ruled that it was final. So <laughs> I can't he did. Sully ruled it was final. We got to move on. Next one to talk about is how bad aggressors got and why they got so bad. Why nerf them this hard, G Dub? I mean, they were good, but you could have taken away either of their good buffs. And they still would have maintained some playability. Now, literally, unless you're playing Flamer Salamanders ones, they're the hottest garbage in Gravis Armor. Like, there's been some garbage in Gravis Armor, but this is the hot, they are the new hottest garbage in Gravis Armor. For those who don't know, they lost their ability to double shoot and they lost their ability to advance and shoot. So they are freaking bad. Anything yeah. to add, guys? Oh, look, I don't want to call it too early, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> Look, no, I, I, I agree. I think um, they lost what makes them good and they were already very expensive. Actually, they went up in points again, didn't they? They went up in points and got nerfed. I um, thought they stayed the same and got nerfed, oh, okay. but yeah, you might be right. Ma- ma- maybe, maybe they did. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of the last time. I, I know they went up in points sometime yeah, th- this year. Maybe I'm thinking of that. But look, I, I just don't think that you get value out of them the way that you did before and that there are other things yep. that are going to deliver volume and quality shooting and quality combat better than they are. Terminators. Terminators just like, oh, you want to take aggressors? You take Terminators instead. Um, same wounds now, one less toughness, same wounds, better armor save though, and now they've got better shooting uh, as well. So, relatively the same combat, but better shooting from the Termies, um, especially when you start pucking, chucking on things like um, Cyclones and Assault Cannons and things like that. So yeah, I really kind of dis- I'm kind of disappointed like that aggressions got so bad, I wouldn't mind if they get a little bit nerfed. That's that's fine, I think. But the fact that they are now bordering unplayable uh, kind of hurts my soul a little bit. Um, but that's that's enough chatting for a little bit. We are going to take an ad break. We've been going for almost an hour, and we're probably going to go for about another 35, 40 minutes, most likely. Although we just we just yak. But anyway, guys, we're going to take an ad break. You're going to hear about some awesome stuff from the marketing stuff that do the things and the awesome things and the podcast stuffs hopefully it's entertaining stuff hopefully stuff's interesting to you but we will be right back this episode is brought to you by hp instant ink no one is reading your mind but hp instant ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges so you never have to think about ink save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. 
Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. And we are back. And we are back with one of my all-time favorites, uh, one of the poster boys of the edition, of, of the edition, I hope, and one of the most maligned and fantastical units, the good old Terminator. Um, Jez and Solly, I know you, Solly, you are a big fan of Chaos Terminators, and Jez, you have Terminators in pretty much every Death Watch squad that you take. Are you boys both happy to see them getting, getting a bit of love? Well, um, not Space Marine Terminators. <laughs> yes. No, I, I, I'm glad they've been buffed. I want to see more of them. I think they're cool. I think they're, you know, a, a unit that's been around for a very long time and they're very iconic to the game. And for a long time, they haven't been very good. I'm glad that they're getting, yeah, a bit, uh, a bit of improvement here. Well, Jez, when was the last time? So you've been playing the game a little bit longer than I have. I was playing Fantasy while you were playing um, 40k for a while there when was the last time you saw essentially a non-gray knight terminator like something that's in power in terminator armor that wasn't a gray knight because i know fifth edition was gray knight terminators were and paladins were off the charts but like before then like did you, was, was a terminator even a thing in sixth edition um i not particularly i mean they seventh edition that in sixth edition they weren't particularly good in seventh edition terminator armor was okay so sometimes you'd see characters in terminator armor um, just for the save, but mm. Terminators themselves in seventh edition couldn't sweeping advance, so that made them bad. Um, yeah, and in eighth edition, obviously, we've just come out of eighth edition. I mean, in eighth edition, they actually weren't the worst. Obviously, we know they had a spot in Grey Knights in Death Watch. We know that Dark Angels had some value from them. Space Wolf, Wolf Guard, Terminators weren't bad. I just think mm-hmm. what probably the most pertinent, poignant thing is that normal Marines would never use them. I think that's the the thing like you'd see them in flavors yeah. like space wolves and dark angels and gray knights and you know etc but you just wouldn't see them in normal marines but now mm. obviously that's going to change and i mean look at how many buffs they had to give the dark angels um you know um in a, the what are the deathwing knights look at how many freaking buffs they had to give that unit to make it you want to take it they had to give yeah, you exactly. two ways of getting more attacks and hitting better plus transhuman plus more defensive buffs and a six inch charge to take them from literal mediocrity joke to okay this is a powerhouse um but so what's changed for terminators they have an extra freaking wound that is the first thing that's changed second thing that's changed teleport homer this is something that's been given to terminator squads across the board and i'll read it out verbatim once per battle 
at the start of your movement phase, you can remove this unit from the battlefield, and then in the reinforcement step of your next movement phase, you can set this unit back up on the battlefield. Anywhere wholly within your own deployment zone and more than nine inches away from enemy models, or anywhere within three of a friendly chapter model and more than nine inches from any models. If the battle ends or this unit is not on the battlefield, it is destroyed. If this unit has split into two units because of combat squad's ability, only one of those units can use the teleport homer. And then G-Dubs said um, in italics, we recommend placing a teleport homer model next to a unit as a reminder of moving it once this ability has been used. Hard pass That's on that it. one. Yeah, you don't think it's good? <laughs> oh, no, hard um, pass on, the on the, placing the, uh, the model, the, the teleport homer model. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I've got to remember when you had to remember when you got extra points in Victoria when you had like specialist objectives. You had objectives to go match your army and stuff. I've got mm-hmm. a bunch of those for my guard army, so I'm just going to use those as teleport omens. Hey, nice. I know um, Jez has got yeah. teleport omens from Death Watch, but sorry, go Sully. I reckon uh, I actually reckon this ability is sick, despite my me throwing shade at GW for encouraging hobby. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> especially look maybe not for the assault units, but. Um, Especially for the the typical drop combi players, drop combi melter units, mm-hmm. where you can drop them defensively, kill something, pick them back up, and then you know have them you know, as a threat again uh, to come down and do the same thing again. I think that's a really yeah. really you know, a powerful ability to give the unit. Even the combat unit, it's it's not terrible on the assault terminator squads because you can start them on the board, use them to deter people going to certain parts of the board, then pick them up and redeploy them later on. I think this is. Really, really great for them. Well, dude, so I like it a lot as a Dark Angels player because I can I can speed up a, a Ravenwing biker unit, deploy these guys, clear off something, and then chuck them back in reserve and put them down a, a, to, to answer another threat on the other side of the table. I think it's sick. I think it's absolutely sick. Um, and I think uh, giving them the... Yeah? Sorry, you, you finish. I'll tell you my thing in a sec. I think giving them a, just a redeploy option just adds a hell of a lot of flavor. Um, I'm weird on the storm on the storm shield change on these guys, and we'll touch on that in a minute. But what were you going to say, Sully? So let's just combine this with some other you know other stuff we've talked about this episode. You uh, you deploy your uh, your bike chaplain. You fly him 14 inches up the board. You use the aura for uh, plus two to charge, and these guys pop yep. down and go seven inches and kill stuff. Seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. I rate that. But, but then you get to pick it up and do it again. And that's where it gets crazy good. Because you know what happens when you put down a big unit of things like Terminators? Your opponent scatters. And they'll, you'll, with your movement five, they'll move in advance and you'll, you'll maybe you'll get one more charge out of them before they're locked into just standing still, you know, pissing in the wind. Which is what I know it's what happened a lot with a lot of Jeremy's units, but luckily, like with Death Watch and things, they had the, they had enough shooting that they could stay relevant. But that happened to me with Deathwing Knights all the freaking time. I'd come down and I'd charge something, I would absolutely mulligan the hell out of it, and my opponent would scatter. And those guys, or they especially if they had things like a Thunderfire, they'd never make combat again. Um, with this redeploy, I feel like it gives them like a second life in the game where they get to go back in reserve and get another, another turn of efficacy out of them. Jez, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think the unit obviously is very strong even without that specific ability. I think that specific ability is very strong. It's effectively free. Um, it, it's just powerful. It's obviously mm-hmm. the fact you can just um, put them back in your deployment zone, you know, just kind of, you know, you obviously put them back into the air, but then they come back down onto an objective or something. Um, or if you've got a model that can push forward, you can be aggressive with them with that chaplain for the seven-inch charge. And that's really good because we know that their shooting is pretty competitive. They're just they're, they're not bad at all. So to be able to yep. come go up, change location, come down with a seven inch charge, 
that could then re-roll with a, at the very at the very minimum just one CP for the command re-roll. That's just really good. Like it's like about um, I believe a seven-inch rollable charge is about a seventy-five percent chance um, of yep. getting in. So that's just really strong to be able to do that. And then obviously they're going to bludgeon things when they get in with the fists. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a very powerful uh, unit. And I definitely think you're going to see these guys, especially in a world where we know that the FNP from the Apothecaries is very strong. Resurrecting these guys is good, just like resurrecting the Blade Guard veterans is good. Resurrecting a Terminator is very good. Um, the only thing they kind of lost from last edition is they, oh, not last edition, but the previous book, is access to transhuman. Um, and that's slightly problematic. It's slightly an issue because that transhuman was a very effective way of dealing with people that wanted to pump really powerful shooting mm. into them, like melters and stuff like that, plasmas, whatever it might be. Obviously, plasma is not as good unless they're doing the three, dam- three damage. But um, yep. now with melters, especially with the new melter rule, they will just shred these guys. Melters will just come down and just say goodbye to these, these Terminators. So I think it's important to note that the fact they've lost transhuman actually does hurt them. Um, and it changes the way they're going to play, I think. So this is my other thing as well. I think between the loss of transhuman and the loss of the three plus invuln, I think there's actually been an underhanded buff and nerf. There's been a bit of a give and take at this unit at the same time. I can tell you, I played a game of Warhammer today, um, and I had seven Deathwing Knights go in, wrap a tank, uh, kill it, and then get shot by a hellacious amount of guard firepower. Mm-hmm. Now the three plus invuln, I actually mapped it out. What would have changed? It had to have the had the three plus um, versus well, so they're in a circle, so they still essentially had um, transhuman. But if I had the three plus versus the four plus, if I had a three plus, I would have two models left that don't take a morale phase and could have been res by the apothecary. I still had there, but instead, because I had a four plus, the unit got wiped really easily, um, especially by things like the demolisher cannons, which is what I was facing down, like two tank commanders and a couple of uh, payload manticores. Um, the I feel like the the plus one save isn't as relevant as people think. It's going to be really good against things like other space marines, but the thing is like against melters and the things that, the, like you just said, the melter encapsulates it perfectly. Every melter that goes through is now an auto-dead within within half range. It's now an auto-dead Terminator. Now, admittedly, like you can, of course, have the, um, the apothecary there, but it's a minimum three damage. Most likely, it's five damage or somewhere in the range of five damage mm. from that melter gun. So as, as, as they're getting less exposed to things like your minus one shooting, I feel they're more exposed to things like plasma guns and things like um, melter guns. Um, now, the question here for you guys is assault terminators or regular terminators? Or do you go mix and match? I mean, I, admittedly, my Deathwing Terminator things like, and things like um, uh, Wolfguard Terminators can mix and match. Like, I, and I like, I, I like a unit of three Thunderhammer Storm Shields, um, a couple of Cyclones, and a couple of Bolter Boys. Uh, storm bolter boys and fists uh, that's my preferred thing but a lot of people are saying they want lightning claws they want a couple of thunder hammers and storm shields and then they want cyclones and that's it that's the only shooting they want in there how do you guys feel about the loadout choices uh i think it's going to come down to what is in the meta really um mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be different depending on different metas obviously if you're playing against someone uh, I, I guess playing in an event where there's going to be 30 percent horde players you can't say no to you know to 10 guys with four bolt gun shots each and your yeah. saves and everything. Like it, it, it's so hard to say no to that. But conversely, if you're playing into Intercessor Horde, like the Thunderhammers are just premium here. I think it mm-hmm. really, really depends on the meta and also the rest of your list and what you need uh, out of this sort of unit. I should point out that the lightning claws um, have been changed a little bit. They are now AP2. They were AP1. Um, actually, no, were they AP2? I can't even remember now because I never used them. Never heard of them. Um, each time the bearer fights, it makes one additional attack with this weapon and it can reroll the wound roll. So you get plus one attack when you take the... Yeah. 
um, the two lightning claws. So they would be four attacks each, five on the side with them. Um, and there are a couple other ways that exist to give them plus attacks as well. Um, Jamie, what's your preference? Shooty, Daka boys or Punchy boys? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's actually a very good, tough question. I mean, mm. I think uh, personally, if I was going to go down the, the route of I mean, the, the thing is you can drop for that seven-inch rollable charge, and I think for that reason it does make the Salt Squad very attractive. But as, as you both kind of sort of Matt said, all those shooting, especially in potentially in tactical doctrine um, for the AP-1, is really attractive. It's very powerful. Um, I, I think I'd probably go the normal Terminator squad, to be honest, and the normal Terminators are, are cheaper. So, so that's the option I'd be going with. I'd be going with the regular oh. Terminator squad. Um, are they cheaper? I believe not, that they're, 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 yeah, they're cheaper than, than the Thunder Hammer ones, but not cheaper than the Lightning Claw ones. Yeah, I mean the Thunder Hammer one. How much is a Thunder Hammer Storm Shield mm. one? Uh, 43, I think. Yeah, and I think a normal one's almost 10 points cheaper, right? 38. Yeah. 38. Um, okay. Oh, well, that's, it's competitive. The normal, one, but... yeah, the normal one has a fist too. So the normal one's still punch. Like they're not, they're, they're not slacking. They're, they're, they're not, still uh, yeah. hitting you with a power fist. Yeah. I mean, I, I, to be honest, like would go the normal ones personally. But I think that the good thing about the assault ones is that just having those storm shields is very relevant and it really does help their survivability. So I, hmm. I think that maybe for the role you would go with, you might want those ones. But at the same time, perhaps Blayguard Veterans are better if you're going to... Like, I think if you're going to go down the Assault Terminator role, I think Blayguard Veterans are the better, better option. I think if you're going to go down... The, the, the good thing about the regular Terminators is they have a good mix between survivability, shooting, and combat. Um, so yeah. I would probably just go Blayguard Veterans and normal Terminators. That would be the way I would yeah. build my army. I think the Assault Terminators, they're kind of just a bit of a weird spot in between... Um, and not really the best of either world, to be honest. So, well, perfect plug there because in in, in uh, part two of this episode, if I didn't plug it before, we're actually going to be writing some test test lists for Space Marines, and then we're each going to be writing a list that we would take to counter them. Like I'm going to be writing, I'm going to be talking us through a guard archetype that I think um, is good into Marines. Jess will be talking about one that, of, of an Eldar or possible um, Space Marine mirror that's good into Marines, and Je- and Matt will be doing the same with Chaos. So. Yeah, stick around because I do think that is the thing that's up for contention. The, the, see, now, my, my opinion is I'm 100% with Jez and I want the shooting ones because I think more than any other unit, a well-rounded, beefed-out unit of Terminators, shooting Terminators, take the adaptive strategy um, um, stratagem, the one to have all their doctrines active, better than just about anything else in the game in, for mm-hmm. the Space Marines. Because you can take heavy weapons, you can take... Uh, you can take um, the storm bolters, so you can you can have cyclone missile launchers, yeah, with that have you know minor, an extra extra rend or the assault cannons or the heavy flamers even, and then you have all these storm bolters getting all this value as well. So I feel like they get a hell of a lot of value from that stratagem, and that's the unit that I would want to build into that strat to have that getting um, value every turn. And look, maybe you just drop them in the middle of the board next to that apothecary and be like, hey mate, if you don't tap these guys, shut them down. They're going to put out like forty storm bolter shots plus four um, four rend three crack missiles every single turn. Then they're just going to smash you. Um, that kind of stuff is really crazy. Plus, they got a strat to get plus one to hit because they're terminators. So awesome. So in combat, that means they can mitigate the power fist issues, um, and then from shooting, they can hit on twos, which I think is really really sexy. All right, next talking points: dreadnoughts, baby. Wave hey. serpent dreadnoughts. Have you, you ever seen a dreadnought with a serpent shield? Baby, we got those in spades. I think this is very good. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. I don't think you can tell me I'm wrong because I think I'm right. No, you're not wrong. It's very good. 
It's very good. So just, just letting you know for Batum, Duty Eternal. Each time an attack is allocated to this model, subtract one from the damage characteristic of that attack to a minimum of one. And this is true for Dreadnoughts, Contempted Dreadnoughts, Venerable Dreadnoughts, Ironclad Dreadnoughts, and Redemptor Dreadnoughts. And fingers crossed, G-Dub is, is sane and doesn't give this to Leviathans. Or if they do give it to Leviathans, they go up by like 100 points. Because that's insane. Having like 14 wounds, 2 plus save, toughness 8, 4 plus invuln. Can heal it for 3 wounds and... In feel, you feel no pain from Iron Hands and stuff. Having that with minus one wounds. Well, actually, sorry, we already know that. We already know about that. That meta was called the Ironstone meta, and we hated it. <laughs> Everybody hated it. Yeah. Um, but never mind. So, guys, what are your thoughts? Does this put Dreads on the freaking map? I think so. I think there are going to be builds that are very, very good that have oh, four or five Dreadnoughts. I think that... Uh, oh, look... Two damage has become, you know, such a, a staple way of sort of of consistently dealing damage for a lot of different armies. There are so many different, uh, yeah, so many different weapon profiles that have two damage that are just looked at as, you know, the, the problem solver sort of weapon. Uh, Power sword's going to two damage. Uh, Heavy bolt is going to two damage. All all these weapons that you'd sort of typically shoot at things like dreadnoughts to try and click a couple of wounds off if you don't want to waste your big guns or you, you know, get into combat and you just hit them and try and finish them off. Being able to yeah, re- reduce that damage is, is a big deal. I can tell you right now from a guy who plays a lot of Scions, this uh, this is this terrifies me. This makes me think I need to take Melters. I can't take Plasma Guns anymore into like a Marine meta because um, I just run into one Redemptor and I literally cannot kill it. I need th- I, like a Redemptor Dreadnought needs 13 Plasma Wounds to go through its save to mm. kill it. 13. <laughs> That's a lot of freaking shots, man. Um and yeah, it's just not its not that feasible. It makes me think I need to take Melter, and um, that's, which is where I like the Melter change a lot, the fact that I can get min 2 damage or min 3 no, on the multi-Melters. But dude, yeah. I think this is... Sorry, go ahead, Jess. No, you go. What's up? No, I was just going to say, um, yeah, I think that uh, the, the Melter change, unfortunately, is what will be the undoing of the Dreadnought list, uh, which kind of sucks, but... like. Yep. Even though, it, oh, you think you think a list with like three times three eradicators or a bunch of deep striking melter guns will just yeah, smash it? I mean, it? I, I think the issue with the redemptors, with redemptors, seem like they're the best option, but dreadnoughts in general are good, but they don't have volume. Um, apart from pretty much redemptors mm-hmm. or like other things like specific yeah. forge well style ones or whatever, whatever one you're looking at. But um, dreadnoughts, typically your normal dreadnoughts, just don't have volume of, of fire, so they're not particularly good in a meta game that's just lots of bodies running at objectives um and redemptors can kind of deal with that into a point but i think when a list has actually got a bunch of melters and they're putting melters into you with the plus damage i just think it kind of annuls what your that ability does so unfortunately yeah um while they do they are massive buff on what they were previously and, and obviously that's fantastic um and do they even have yeah it does sorry it does have duty eternal um even though they're a lot better than they've ever been, pretty much, I do think, unfortunately, the meta and the missions just will force them out before they even really come into it. Mm. But that's, you know, who knows? So I've, I've, got a, I've got a couple of lists that I'm cooking that have this core of um, two or three Dreadnoughts. And you can you can reliably... So you can get a Redemptor Dreadnought, yeah? It has um, 13 wounds of toughness, 7, 3 plus save, minus 1 damage. Iron Hands becomes 6 up, feel no pain. That's literally the same defensive profile as a Wave Serpent. Uh, wave Serpents come in about 150, 160, Jez. Is that right? Yeah, about 150. Yeah, around that. So around 20, 20 points more, you get 
legitimate fearsome combat ability, which has changed. Their Redemptive Fist is now um, D3 plus 3 damage instead of being D6 damage, which is so much better. Don't need to tell you guys how much better that is. But also, their all of their weapons got buffed. Well, they've got extra shots when they take the, the, the DACA profile, that being both the Onslaught variants, and then their, their Plasma Incinerator got buffed as well. So for 20 points more than a Wave Serpent, you get the same defensive profile, but instead you give up you give up your transport, transport capacity, you give up your ability to do some, some pinch-hitting mortal wounds, but my god, you get some DACA. Like, I, I feel like these there is a legitimate list that can take three of these guys you take three of these guys and like um so they're 180 each so what is that what's 180 times three boys 540 540 80 points for the the special techie and then you upgrade the techie i think it's i think it was 15 or 20 points you upgrade a techie so another 100 on top of that so 640 yeah 650 um it's like a 30 year list and so yeah you still got two-thirds of your army you still got like uh, 1400 points absolutely it's very good (laughs) <laughs> I feel I think, like it's yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the Redemptor is obviously the you know, the biggest winner here. Um, I, I, I still don't mind the other ones. I have just looked at points costs. They're a bit they're, they're a bit more expensive than I thought they were going to be. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I've perhaps been a bit too excited about Dreadnoughts before looking at actual points costs here. But I think the Redemptor at one eighty. Oh, I think there's a bit of value there. I quite like it. Well, so that, that's my issue. My issue is the other ones comparatively are more expensive than they should be i think i think every other dreadnought could go down by 15 to 20 points and then they'd start to get a real sweet spot where i'm interested to see is if things like uh nemesis dreadnoughts get this things that other mechanized dreadnought like things admittedly that is a baby carrier and victor war suits are technically a baby carrier as well and they didn't get this buff because they're not a dreadnought so maybe they don't get those as well but um gray knights um venerable dreads which is a staple of the gray knight list you use the the um the what is it called? The thing where you don't Astral you don't need to see yeah. people. You just shoot through Astralane. Yeah. Use Astralane on your Vendreds and stuff. These guys getting minus one damage just means they're all of a sudden they're immune to Scorpiuses. They're like the whirlwind Scorpiuses that would would usually take a pound well, of flesh I off think, these guys. Doing yeah. one damage, wounding them on fives. Lol. I think the reason nothing. why the Redemptors are good is because they unlike the other dreadnoughts, they're they're at a they're at a threshold of wounds that are really tough, hard to deal with. They also actually have a lot of yeah. shooting and they're they they're obviously quick as well. Um and other dreadnoughts are like six inch move. These guys are quicker. So that yep. really does mean that they're going to be able to run in towards that middle of the board region um, to threaten. If your opponent's trying to do the same thing to win primary, you just run these three boy bad boys in near the tech marine. They try to shoot one and don't kill it. You then can heal it. Like it just become it starts to become yeah. very, very problematic. And they then have to try to kill it next turn to get through it so that you don't heal it again. But if they if they don't do it, then you know they're really going down this 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 um you know rabbit hole or well of, of despair very early, and and this is people are really tough when I'm like armor profile. So and obviously you know that okay they're going to try to get their melters into me. You just need to kind of like a bubble out their melter range weapons or prioritize the melter mm-hmm. weapons. So I I think the full dreadnought army is bad, but I think the little package you just said there with the Tech Marine, the three Redemptors, I think it's premium. And I think it's like very top tier. And we're going to see it in a lot of top lists. I'm already, I was already, I was discussing off before this, like anybody, is everybody okay with me using Leviathans as Redemptors? Because I prefer the model. And then I was just like, I wouldn't, it probably wouldn't fly WTC. So I'm actually probably going to go out and buy three Redemptors just because, yeah, because I just think they feel so, they look so good. Um, now, moving on from here, uh, we have, oh, sorry, the other thing I wanted to point out, Redemptors are core. They're core. Oh, nice. You can make them obsec if you wanted oh, to. You can give them all the buffs <laughs> if you wanted to. You just it just it disguises the yeah, limit for course, that, that army now. Of course. 
Yeah, of course. Of course they are. Um, next one to talk about is the ATVs. Now, uh, firstly, what do you boys think of the model? Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's, it's pretty much the consensus. I think it's trash. <laughs> I just put it out there. I think the model is bad and it's very, very poorly designed. Just, just straight off the bat. Um, yeah. The unit is good. The unit is quite good. So this thing starts off at 80 points and it comes with uh, movement 14, web skill plus skill 3 plus, strength 4, toughness 5, 8 wounds, 4 attacks, leadership 7 and 3 plus save. It comes stock with a onslaught Gatling cannon, which is 8 shots at strength 5, minus 1, 1 damage, and a twin auto bolt rifle, which is assault 6, 24 inch, strength 4, no 1 damage, no rend. Um, and you can exchange the onslaught Gatling cannon with a multi-melter. So... Th- 14, sorry, a movement 14 um, weapon, sorry, movement 14 chassis model um, with a multi-melter and a, I guess, a six-shot um, bolt gun, regular bolt gun, or um, an eight-shot old um, heavy bolter. They do have turbo boost, so auto advance is six. They're like, they, everyone knows what they like. They are like a an attack bike for an outrider squad, uh, but you can't put one in an outrider squad. They're like their own little package, and you can take up to three of them. 80 points per model. What do you guys think? Yeah, you want to go first, Jez? Sure, mate. Um, I think they're pretty good. I mean, they, they obviously they have a robust profile for their cost. Um, the, I think the biggest benefit of them, the thing that's most appealing about them, is obviously their speed. Um, I think if you just mm. look at their defensive profile for wounds. They are comparable to something like like a heavy intercessor. Um, if you if you look at like yep. the, just the toughness and 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 wounds, like a heavy intercessor's toughness five three wounds so three heavy intercessors is pretty much the same cost as this but the benefit of the heavy intercessors is that they can't just be hit by multi like by like eight damage weapons 10 damage weapons yeah they don't get they can't cop that multi-melter shot to one hit them um but uh the reason that the benefit of the atvs is that they're quick so the atvs threaten that objective very early on the problem with them though is if you do take a unit of atvs run them at an objective they're just going to get all in and and probably just killed. They don't have the capacity to take those, you know, to, obviously they can transhuman, I believe, um, but they can't, they don't get the ability to do the, um, they don't have the gravis armor, so they can't plus one save. No. And they're probably yeah. not going to be able to trail, but I think what these guys would be really good if they could have like five models in a unit. They could have five models in a unit, they'd be busted. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, at three yes, models, correct. at three models, I think they're good. But I actually think, from what I've heard, I mean, I haven't, I'm not too, um, haven't been reading message boards and stuff like that. But I know that they're hyped. I think they're overhyped. Um, I think they're good. I, I think they're. Sorry, I'll, I'll let Matt go. Oh no, I, I'm agreeing. I think Jeremy's pretty much said all I have to say about them. I think they're probably overhyped. I. <laughs> They're kind of good, but they're also they're not outstanding. Like there's obviously worse choices in the book, um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a bit a bit of hype because it's a new thing, uh, more so than their actual ability. So I I'm a big fan of regular land speeders now. Um, so for a land speeder, regular one, which which moves sixteen, so it's two inches more than this, has a multi melter and has an assault cannon. It is the same points, same eighty points. So you, 80 points for this, 80 points for the, the land speed. Land speed has fly, two more inches of movement, but two less wounds, uh, but one more toughness. So they're very, they're quite comparable there. But I feel like the speed is actually better. But you're not getting talked about. And do you know what? Do you know why they're not getting talked about? 
because you can actually resurrect the ATV with an apothecary. <laughs> and this is why these guys are broke. And as long as you can do that, these guys are going to be good. Because yeah. for free, for zero CP, you bring back eight wounds of up to five. <laughs> what the hell? What the absolute hell, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is yeah. So I've, just, I've just broken both of these guys' brains. Uh, GW. Uh. That's why these guys. That's why these guys are hyped. That's where the hype is from. I don't believe that is true. I don't believe that'll exist forever. As soon as that goes away, I think the shine absolutely falls off. This. You see what these two gentlemen? What their opinion was when they they haven't been exposed to maybe some of the hyperbole of the internet being like, "ATVs can get rares." Oh my god, this is insane. They thought these guys were good. But not great. And well, I feel wait, that's what they second. actually are. I mean, as soon as you can't resonate, the thing is, though, you're right, them, but for, for it to be good, like, I mean, um, I think while you, that's, you know, def, definitive, you're, you're three, three units of three of them are good. And I think these are the types of units mm-hmm. you'd want to take. You have to take three of three. If, you, if you're just going to take one unit, the problem is kind of like what I said before you run them up. Okay, it's cool. You run them up, but then they just kill them all and you don't get to res them. Um, if you have yeah. three units of three, it becomes a problem. The problem with three units of three, though, is you're going to have to somehow have your apothecary keeping up. Um, I don't know if apothecaries yeah. can take bikes. I don't believe they can. So you only 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 dark angels. Ones. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, that would be good if you can take the dark angel one. But um, the problem is obviously you, you're kind of already seeming like you're streamlined. You're pushing, being pushed into dark angels. The issue is, yeah. Um, three units of three. Like if you are going down that dark angel route, what happens when they get tagged? That they, they seem they're already just looking at the stats. They don't look good in combat. Um, they can't just nah. fall back and shoot. Like, I think what there was one stratagem that let you do it. Was there one? Was it just one strat? Uh, they don't get it. It's for, it's for speed. Okay, they don't even get it. So that's the problem. It's like, oh, that's a nice unit. That's nice nine ATVs you have there. It would be an awful shame if they're just doing nothing for us. <laughs> like, it really. Yeah. It. I think the people. Like, I'm going to double down. You know, like it takes a real, a real courageous soul to double down in this position. <laughs> under the weight of the internet. And I know um, Matt's got my back. Um, I'm going to double down and say I don't think that they're as good as... Um, apologies. So, this is strategy opponent's shooting phase. So, this is skilled riders. When an adept is his biker unit, they are a biker unit, um, from your army that advanced, is selected the target of a range. Oh, sorry, no, this is... Um, of Jink one. That is, that is the reactive um, minus one to hit. That is the lightning fast. That wasn't what I thought it was. Let me double check on the this, hit and run warfare. This, no, hit this run warfare. Unit, yeah. Sorry, just let me finish here. Here on Warfare, one CP, you just strategy moving phase. The depth of start is a biker, land speeder, or storm speeder, which is a new primary speeder unit from your army falls back. Unit is still eligible to shoot, and even though it fell back. Yeah, so they can fall back and shoot. Apologies. So for once, how many are Yeah. Just one. But it's not even the fact yeah. that they can fall back and shoot. It's like, okay, that one unit can fall back and shoot, right? Like, and, and, and their guns, I mean, the guns are, are pretty competitive. I think that's solid, and that would be the unit you res. Like, if there's two models left in the unit, fall back, you res. Like, it's it's good, but I mean, they're fine. Then I don't think they're bad, and I think that you know, three units of three of them are solid. I just don't think that that's probably how I would be building my army because I think that one of the most impressive yeah. things about like the intercessor horde is that like this army. If if, if your opponent, if you're playing this in a tournament. And you run up against an opponent that just has lots of melter guns, or lots of las cannons, whatever it might be. They will just kill squads outright. You know, it's like it's not about the fact that oh, you know, I'm going to res one. It's like no, but you're just going to lose a squad a turn at least. 
And that's yeah. a losing game, you know, you know. So you know what a really elegant, you know what really elegant effect. If G Dub is listening, and they probably aren't, uh, and a really elegant change for these guys would be to take away biker, which would be what lets the um, the apothecary resin, and give him vehicle, so they can shoot into combat. Because right now, if you do tap them, they're a joke. They're four space marine attacks a piece, or five if you're on the shock assault. But um, they don't have vehicle, so they can't shoot into combat, and they take the heavy penalty for moving. So. Multi-melter, heavy. Onslaught Gatling Cannon, heavy. So they're hitting on fours when they move. If you want to make use of that 14-inch move, you're going to be hitting on fours, um, which is you're paying a premium in points for that 14-inch move, and you're not going to use it because you can get Onslaught Gatling Cannons in a, or, or that profile of shooting in so many other places. I Actually, the more I think about this, as soon as you can't res them, I think they're bad. I don't, I don't even think they're good anymore. I think they're actually bad. Um, Matt, what are you going to add? I just think that with all the good combat characters going around, combat characters are going to go in and kill... Oh, one or two, two of these pretty reliably. And then like, they're just going to make their points back like that. And then that's great. You're going to fall back with one of these bikes, pay a CP to shoot a couple of multi-melter shots and hope that you kill the character that you know came in to fight you. I, I think they're going to get traded up on very often. Well, um, that comparison I made before between the land speeder and this guy, this guy has a multi-melter and the land speeder has a multi-melter. Land speeder can shoot that multi-melter into combat. Mm-hmm. It can uh, sh- move and shoot it without penalty because it's a vehicle and it has actual fly. It has legitimate actual fly and two more inches of movement. I just feel like these are a bad land speeder. Yeah, I I think I agree. Yeah, they needed the, right. needed the five in a unit. G-Dub. Give, them, give them two more in a unit. <laughs> five in a unit. Yeah. <laughs> then they would just be, drop there. Yeah. If you're going to drop Black, I give him vehicle. Let him have, have a unit of 10. <laughs> hey, they'll, they'll sell more that way, won't they? They would. Just sell a box will of sell 10 more. for like 800 bucks. Like. <laughs> uh, you crazy boys. All right. We're going to talk about the primary speeders now. And there's three variants of these. There's a DACA variant. There's a bit of both variant. And there's an anti-vehicle variant. So first one is the Storm Speeder Hail Strike. Oh, yay. Uh, they've all got bad names, just so you know. There's Thunderstrike. Just before you move, we can do it next, but can we talk about normal bike squads as well? Stop it. Yeah, technically they're before this. Let's do it. What do you want to talk about that? Oh, I just think that... They got three, three wounds. Yeah, yeah, I just think that going to three wounds is actually like similarly relevant as what happened to Terminators. So yep. how, much, how much is a bike now? Do you have the points? I'm um, zooming to have a look. Momentarily. I'm racing at them. Yeah, 30 points a pop. For three wins, that's 10 points wow. uh, toughness, five that's, wins. That's pretty That's pretty nah. cool. uh, uh, I love it. I love getting two reactions out of you. So Matt you thinks that's overs and Jez thinks that's not right. Yeah? I think it's just a few too many. You bad, oh, it's so close to being good. You, you, bad, you bad, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm... Like arbitrarily not, but okay. I mean, okay. I think I think okay. There's uh, like there's a few things that make him potentially good. I think the attack bike's interesting because it's a four wound model in there. So if they, you know, it just is another pop, like a bunch of wounds. So eight of these guys plus the attack bike is a massive amount of wounds. Um, a similar kind of amount of wounds to the ATVs because the ATVs are twenty four wounds. Um, eight times three is twenty-four plus four to the attack bikes. So that's twenty-eight wounds. So it's more wounds. Yep. Um, you can res the attack With bike, maps. right? So you can res the attack bike, which is decent. Um, yep. it, you can you can trail them back to your apothecary a lot easier because you have a bigger unit. Um, and you can take yep. a lot, like you can take tons of them. There's you can take three units of these guys, 
And I think because like Dark Angels, there's the Scout Bikes as well, or they're they're only two wounds. But you could theoretically yeah, Scout Bikes. Try. But I think what you would do, to be honest, I think if you're going to do this, you would probably go like Bike Squads and ATV Squads or Outrider Squads. So yeah, yeah, Outriders probably sure. Outriders. So I think that's it's. I don't actually mind the normal bikers at thirty points. I think the fact that you can get a really big unit with the attack bike in there is actually quite quite attractive. And that's unfortunately something it doesn't seem like the Outriders or the ATV squads can do. So that gives the bike squad a competitive advantage in that respect. Um, you can also trail back to your like five plus involm from the Libby aura. Um, there's lots of things you can do that I think is quite powerful. Um, so I think they're quite, I actually think they're decent. That's my opinion on it. Um, can we talk about how scout bikers are also 30 points a model for a model with a four plus save and two wounds? I wasn't going to touch on them because I thought they were just. Uh, it's the same uh, as the bike squad. Why? Yeah, it's a it's a garbage fire. It's I have no idea why they would do that. Cost. Why? Yep. yep. I yes, don't know. <laughs> um, I compare the marine bikes to chaos bikes, and they're just worse to me because I think about things like the the, the way that you can stack abilities on the chaos bikes is just so much better. You've got things like warp time. You've got uh, presence. Yeah, veteran. There are just all these buffs, and I look at marine bikes. I'm just like, oh, they're just they're just not quite as good. Um, like the the night lords bikes, I, I I love to death, and hopefully, I, well, I, I I guess the points cost is kind of out of the bag, right? They're not going to cost any less than these ones, and that kind of hurts. Yeah. thirty points a model, even at thirty points a model with all those layers of buffs, I think it's it's almost too much. But look, they're good, but I think thirty, I think thirty is too much. So this is where. I see them becoming good. I think you can make a bike army. You know, I was talking about the toughness five archetype. You can just mm-hmm. make a toughness five archetype skew. You've got um, elites for blade guards and terminators. You have troops for heavy intercessors, and then you have fast attack for outriders and regular bikes. And then you take as a, you take a toughness five or possibly toughness six chapter master on a bike, and you give him rights of war. So he and then you do take an ancient and you give him um, the ancient upgrade to give him. Um, Obsec bubble. So you have an obsec bubble with rights of war on your chapter master or captain on a bike that follows around a bunch of bikes, giving them all obsec. And then you have an ancient with the banner that gives obsec that can deep strike down or double move out of an impulse or whatever to get mid board to where you're going to be deep striking your terminators, your blade guard. And all of a sudden, you've got obsec all over the table. It's all toughness five and it's both fast, it's killy, it's potent, and it's flexible. I feel like there's a thing there. Yeah, sounds good. Mm. And I feel I feel like outriders and bikes unlock that archetype to the next level because they are core. They get all the benefits you can just layer up on these boys. Um, but yeah, I do like a big bike squad. I'm not sure. I think I think it's better like because outriders limited at one to three only take three mans. And thank God, they actually they actually thank God. If you could take six mans or nine man outrider bikes, they'd be broke as a joke. They'd be so off their guts, yeah. stupid. It'd be insane. But um. One big bike squad and then three times three outriders, I think is legit when you can make it obsec. It's flexible. You can mm. tool it for any occasion. Um, and I th- yeah, I just think it would be really well, good. I mean, you know what? Like, look um, at, look at yeah. the – I mean, actually, I think I'm going to – I'm going to triple down on this. Like, I'm – I'm going in. The, I'm going the in. Like <laughs> – No, seriously. All right. Uh, you're you're – your list, your next tournament no, list. I want to see a big this is the thing, right? Because I, I, we're in Victoria. For those that are listening, we live in we live in the communist uh, state of um. No, I mean we live, oh, yeah, we live in a place. You can edit that out, um, editor. We live in a um a place that we're in lockdown, <laughs> and um we can't play games really, right? Um, 
So I'm not going to be the one to win the tournament with this unit. Someone else is going to have to step up and do it do it for me. Uh, you're going to hand pass this to the I'm masses. I'm going to save this for our <laughs> Patreon. Adam, I'm going to do you a favor and save all of the real red pills for the Patreon. Um, okay. But can I just allude to one thing? See how it says, I'll draw everyone's um, everyone that's reading along with us. It says there that any number of Space Marine bikers can each have their bolt pistol replaced with one Astartes Chainsword. And you will note mm-hmm. that the Astartes yeah, Chainsword baby. is the buffed Chainsword. Yep. So these bikers are actually good in combat. Mm-hmm. Actually or they're good. decent. I mean, they only have the one attack with the Assault and the chain, Astartes Chainsword. They'll have three attacks. Yeah. yeah. Three attacks. Three attacks, three on, the attacks on the charge with the attack mm-hmm. bike getting four attacks, the sergeant getting four attacks. Um, you can take some melters yep. in there. I, I actually think these dudes are legit. And you can take a uh, you can take a melee weapon on the Sarge as well. So I, I'm not sure if that means you can take a fist and a hammer, because if you can take a hammer on the Sarge, that's pretty legit too. Uh, like I said, you can kit these guys for all occasions. You can have two melters and a multi-melter in there on the attack bike and uh, two melter guns. Mm-hmm. You, can have a, you can have a commie weapon and two melter guns and a, and a multi-melter. You can really kit these guys out pretty well. And then you have a shitload of... So, you can have a bucket load of ablative wounds enforced by possibly an apothecary bringing them back and stuff like that. I think you, I think bikes are good. I'm not sure. I'm not going to. I'm not going to triple down. I'm not going to do the the legendary triple jazz triple down. But I will say that they are good and they are better than they've been in a long time. All right, jumping over to these new storm speeders, these new land speeders. First one is the hail strike. Uh, they all have the same um, pro stat line, so I'll just go over it all now. Uh, movement sixteen. Uh, weapon skill three plus. Blitz skill three plus. Strength five. Toughness six. Ten wounds. Uh, three plus armor save, sorry, three attacks, seven plus leadership, and a three plus armor save. They come in units of up to three, I believe. No, this says they're in the units of one. Hmm. For respect. It does. I believe, I thought there might be a mistake because I was told, I actually thought, I'm quite sure I read that you can have a unit up to units of three. Um, you're able to check that in the back of the book for me, Solly, while I read them out further. I um, sure can. The Hail Strike comes equipped with two Fragstorm grenade launchers, an Onslaught Gatling Cannon, and a Twin Iron Hail Heavy Stubber. Um, Fragstorm grenade launchers, we know what they are. They're strength six bolter shots. And yeah, what, range. one model at the yep. back of the book. There you go. I swear, swear you could let, have that three of them. I think that's... going to have squads. Yeah. Um, so, Onslaught Gatling Cannon. This is uh, range 24, heavy 8, strength 5, minus 1, 1 damage. As we know, Twin Island Hail of Stubber is now 8 shots. It used to be 6 shots. Now it's 8 mm. shots at 36-inch range, strength 4, minus 1. Um, and that is it. It gets Ravenwing if it's Ravenwing. It gets Angels of Death. It gets Explodes. That is pretty much it. That is the cheapest How one. And I have the points that? written up here for that one. Uh, that is 150. Ooh. Seems like a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. I, yes, it is a lot. Just based on that, I don't, I don't, not a fan. I mean, the the shooting isn't even that, isn't even that impressive for 150 well, shots. 150 it's 30 points, points less than a redemptor. A redemptor yeah, for, and, and a redemptor the redemptor is like, like oh, a bit better. So many more shots, so much more defensible, and yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all you're getting from here is double the movement. Is the only real thing that this has over the redemptor. Um, jumping over to the Thunderstrike, uh, this one has um, equipped with Storm Fury missiles, which are he- Strange 48, Heavy 1, Strength 10, minus 3, D6 damage. And then it has Thunderstrike Laz Talon, which is 36 inch, Heavy 2, Strength 9, minus 3, D6, and a Twin Icarus Rocket Pod, which is 2D3, Strength 7, minus 1, 2 damage. This one is a blast, and each time it makes an attack against an aircraft, add one to the hit roll. No special, no special anything there, that's it. So it's got one shot mm. at string 10 minus 3 D6 damage, which is a great profile. It's the same as a Demolisher Cannon, essentially. And then it has two shot, two Laz Cannon shots, 
at 20, 36 mm-hmm. inches, and then 2D3 um, autocannon shots that are, good, are better against aircraft. That's not a, it's a good range of things, but it's not a lot of anything. What was it, the points actually, cost on this one? This one is more. I think this one's the 20 points more. I think it's 170. And next one might be 180, but the, the, the 150 is the cheapest one. Yeah. Even, look, look, it's not really comparable here, but I still think the Redemptor is a better firebase because, we, look, we're talking about, what's this, 2D3, so four, six, seven shots. They are good value shots, but I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's reliable. So where this is comparable to, it would be a Stormhawk Interceptor, I think would be the sure. next best yeah. option that has a comparable. I can have the Laz Cannons. Um, so the Laz Talon can have the, yeah, all the stuff. And that comes in at 185. This guy, what is this one? Blah, blah, blah. So Thunderstrike comes at 175. 10 more points. Always have minus one to hit. You move yeah, further. Yeah. Um, you start, you're still a flyer. You can have the, yeah. essentially the same stuff. Um, I don't get this guy. No. Don't get him. Well, Don't understand. I, I think in a meta, in a meta I think the equi- of, of, sorry, sorry. I was going to say in a meta where the guns are really relevant, I think he, it's pretty nice. Like they're pretty. It's a really nice array of guns. Um, but I agree with Adam. Um, sorry, with well, both of you really. Um, Matt mentioned that it the Redemptor is a better firebase. I agree. I think for the price, it's it seems like it's tougher, significantly tougher. By the way, four more wounds and a higher toughness and the. Um, negative one to uh, damage like that's huge um altogether yeah. so this guy's probably half as tough as a as a redemptor maybe less than half as tough like i think a redemptor <laughs> yeah. is just premium these are not premium yep <laughs> not premium. <laughs> last one is the hammer strike this one comes equipped with a hammer strike missile launcher two crash gone grenade launchers and a melted destroyer this is the one i actually think as the as a good weapon loadout and points, I'm not sure if it's worth it. The hammer strike missile launcher is heavy two, strength eight, AP three, damage three. So this is the same as the um, the storm raven has these missiles on them, the same ones. Um, and then it has crack storm grenade launcher, uh, two crack storm grenade two crack storm grenade launchers rather, which is assault one, heavy stinks minus one, D three damage. Then it has a melted destroyer, twenty four inch, heavy three, strength eight, minus four, D six damage. And then it has the uh, the multi melter rule. So it's a three shot multi melter in the front. And then it's got a, yeah, essentially two shots, uh, strength eight minus three, three damage. Now, this one comes in at a lofty, where is it? Oh, so this one is the hammer strike. Yeah, this one is 170. So this one's five five points less than the other one. So 170 for a, a good amount of multi multi shots, like a three shots, like, but you could just take two land speed, sorry, two attack bikes for way less points and more multi multi shots. But uh, so I just don't know about any of these. I just think all of these yeah. are. Yeah. Um, they're too expensive. They're just too I, expensive. I mean, I think the loadouts of, seem legit. Yeah, sorry, you finish. The loadouts seem legit for what they do. Like there's the there's the anti armor one, there's the anti infantry one, and then there's the kind of the bit of both one. Um, but yeah, the points just don't match up. They don't make them attractive. I think sort of 20, 30 points less, they start looking all right. Because mm-hmm. um, like realistically, if you're taking one of these things, you're probably taking three. You're probably doubling down on you know a type of firepower that your army needs. Yeah. Uh, and you know, saving thirty points across three is ninety points. Like if, if these are you know one forty each, four hundred and twenty points for three of them seems pretty good. But like mm-hmm. when they're one eighty each, it's like five forty. It just it, it, it it's not much, but it actually is when you know you get things like a you know a bike chaplain for one hundred and forty or the yeah. apothecary for you know for ninety one points or whatever it is. It's like I, I think they just yeah probably twenty percent 
too aggressively costed and uh, yeah. it makes it a bit hard to find a space for them. I think they just needed the rule that like uh, the airborne rule with hover jet rule, like to just let them be flying and let them have negative one to hit and fly like over things. Mm. Like if, if you gave them that real yeah. like fast movement of a, of a flyer and the airborne negative one to hit and immune to being assaulted, then they would actually maybe have a niche like as kind of like cheap little flyers. But yep. mm-hmm. the way they are now, I just don't think they're good. I can't disagree, unfortunately. Um, I actually think they're at the points they are now, I think they're actually pretty bad, to be honest. Models are pretty cool, yeah. Uh, all right. Next up on the changes is Hellblasters. All their weapons got changed. Um, the assault in, uh, the assault plasma in, in incinerator went up by one shot. Heavy mm-hmm. plasma incinerator went up by one damage. And the assault I don't think the assault one, the regular one changed. Maybe went down in points. The regular plasma machine, mm-hmm. I don't think it changed because um, I can't see anything different here. Unless it went up by from 24 inches to 30 inches, but I thought it was 30 inches before. Never mind. Do you think any of those changes the status quo for them? They did stay exactly the same in points for those those changes. Um, for me, I like my units that do this sort of job to be mobile and Hellblasters yep. just aren't. Obviously, you can put some of them in a, uh, in a transport and fly them up and jump out and do all that sort of janky sort of stuff. But I like my, you know, my, my real punchy weapons to be, uh, to either have huge range or to be really mobile. And I don't yep. like hell blasters for that reason. Um, and I don't think this actually helps. Obviously it helps them, but, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't help them enough for, for my liking. I don't think. Not fair enough. I don't think it's changed the status quo on them all that much, but I mean, admittedly, like if, Dark Angels get back weapons of the Dark Age. Having damage for heavy plasma incinerators seems pretty attractive, but still is only one shot. It could How be many a thing. Points though. are they compared to? Because um, obviously we're going to go to compare them to Eradicators. Um, uh, let me just double check for you. I've got. I think they're close 34, 33 or thirty-four inch for a Hellblaster. Yeah, and it's not, Eradicators aren't much more than that, are they? Uh, it's thirty-three. Thirty-three for a Hellblaster. And an Eradicator, Adam, is uh, forty. Okay, so they're okay. So, so seven points. All right, so it's a it's a chunky bit, little bit more for an eradicator. Um, that that eradicator weapon is just so like good. Um, it's so good. Mm. Well, let's talk about eradicators now. They got a couple of changes. They stay the same in points, but they got options to have up to six man squads. Yeah, they were cutting three before, which I felt like kept the lid on them a little bit. But I feel like at six, um, ah, oh, they're so good. They're so good, man. Mm. They, yeah, I agree. They do. God. Like so, there is a bit of a top in the top echelons of whatever competitive goodness. There is some debate between whether what is better now, Eradicators or the Plasma Inceptors. Um, I think it's much for much. It kind of depends which which faction you're taking. I think Salamanders still do the Eradicators better than the Plasma Inceptors. Maybe things like White Scars, um, the others are more attractive because they advance and, and do stuff shenanigans. But Eradicators, man, six. For those who don't know, they've got a heavy. They've got a Melter rifle, which is a, a assault one, essentially assault one. Um, multi-melter and they can double shoot it um if they haven't advanced now it's the thing is it's assault so you couldn't you can you can uh, advance and still shoot it but um you used to be able to advance and double shoot it still and now you can't which people are seeing as a, as a pretty big nerf i don't see it as a big enough nerf no. to hold them back i think they're still off their guts so how much more is right the heavy here oh sorry you go sorry i was just gonna say how much more right. is the heavy melter rifle <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said you go and then you no, jump in. He told me to go. <laughs> heavy melter rifle is another five points, and you get—I think you get one per three. No, you can all have them. Oh wow, yeah, they can. But then they get heavy, so they're taking—they're hitting a minus one. I um, 
I really like them with the normal melter rifle and the plus three inches to range weapons as a cool. custom chapter trait here. Yeah. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, 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 it's just disgusting. So good. That and given like a real, the real, the Salamanders one, they can reroll one wound roll. Oh, that, then- that's probably what you would do if you were going to build around but it. Is yeah. this not re- the reason why, like, I mean, if you've got, like, if you've, look at these guys, right? If you've got invader ATVs, just sorry to go all the way back, but I think it's obviously it's relevant. If, if you if you've got rocking your ATV units and then these guys just fall in and like you have to transhuman, but even through transhuman, these guys are going to be popping ATVs with the double shooting. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Like, oh, if they're within yeah. double range, for sure. Yeah, and then and then you kind of pop transhuman on one, and then the second unit just shoots the other unit. Like it's actually a mm. bloodbath, and I, in in a, in a meta where these guys are like you know one in three or one in two space marine players might have some eradicator units. Like that's why I think ATVs are inferior to something like just heavy intercessors, the heavy heavy intercessors, or the normal, or just the normal bikes with the three wounds. Because if they have the three wounds, it's like okay, you can shoot me with melter, that's fine, but you're gonna have a lot of overkill. Um, yeah, yep. yeah, that's 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 it. I agree. I think eradicators. I, I also think eradicators are the best unit in the game for combat squatting. Like uh, you take a unit of six, and they are the best combat squad option. You're ever going to have. I wish they gave eliminators the same treatment. For some reason, eliminators are still at units of three. If they added six, I don't know, maybe they'd be a bit more attractive. They did get some move, more movement shenanigan bus, but it's okay. We can move on. We've got more than enough to talk about. Devastator squads are going to two wounds. And heavy, and a lot of their guns getting changed or buffed um, or nerfed. Like, admittedly, like, I think Grav got buffed, but the fact that they lost the stratagem means they're nerfed. They're worse than they were. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So Grav got buffed in the fact that they're not flat two, they're not D three damage anymore. They're flat two, which is far more reliable, far more trustworthy, and you can buy into it and build around it. But the fact is, you can't get massive spikes and just waste a freaking night with them now because of the the Grav amp strat, um, which admittedly I think was off its guts good, was so good, so 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 good. I mean, it was so good you would take a liability drop pod, you know, <laughs> yeah, that you. You would, you would pay for a liability drop pod just because you, you jump down and absolutely dumpster on their bed, the best unit they've got. It was just worth it every time. But does does them going to two wounds make any difference? The fact that you could you could now put 20 wounds of Devastators in a pod now, and they've got to shoot through 10 wounds of guys or 12 wounds of guys before they kill a heavy weapon. Does that make them more viable? <sighs> nah. Oh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. If they if they got the havoc treatment, if they got the havoc treatment where they were um, could move and shoot without penalty, because essentially havocs are in gravis armor now, like their toughness five, move and shoot without penalty. That's freaking gravis armor. But if they got the gravis armor treatment, like they could move and shoot without penalty, I'd like them a lot more. The fact that they come down now, unless you unless you got a, some other some jank or you're in dev doctrine for um, iron hands, they're gonna hit on fours when they get out of the pod or rhino or whatever. Kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. I I think there are better options. <laughs> well, I just think if you're taking him, you need to take a chapter master to give him full rerolls. And then if you're taking that, like it's already a huge investment of points. And then which weapons are you taking? Honestly, grav cannons are still probably the best option you got, unfortunately. The heavy bolter changes aren't significant enough, I don't think. Like you get more shots from the grav cannons with the same damage and better rend against the vast majority of the meta you're going to come into. Um, that I just feel like it's just much of a muchness. Yeah, I mean, the grab yeah. squad with the two damage, it's like nice. Like, you know, when you do isolate a unit of intercessors that doesn't have the FMP and you pump all those grab into it, like that, that's pretty good. But I agree. You're going to feel good. Yeah. I think there's better options, but they're not like the worst. 
they're, they're not like horrific because the extra wound is obviously relevant. Um, can't transhuman them anymore, yeah. but it's still all those extra wounds will mean the opponent can't just shoot them with nothing. Um, yeah. But I don't think they're worth it. I don't think they're that good. Um, can they take multi melters? They can, can't they? Yeah, they can. Yes, that could be a thing. There could be a thing for five melters in a po- yeah. five multi melters in a pod coming down. That there could be a meta skew there somewhere. Oh, that's actually um, a good point. Go back that's to a lot of melter. Yeah, go back to what we said about um, if you're leaning into one profile, that's stupid good in your meta. It's another way of getting a sh- an absolute bucket of it. Well, that's actually a good point. Um, yeah, be- bearing in mind those guys. Oh, sorry, are thirty eight points each. Like. The dudes of multi melters are very exy. <laughs> Sorry, Jez, what no, were you I mean, say? You're right, though. But in the sense, if you can give, if you can make it so that they get um, all the buffs, like you know, the, all the all the well, they don't need all the doctrines. They just need to go back to heavy doctrine. Um, so they they yeah. get the really powerful high rend, um, you know, and then they're getting the full rerolls from Chapter Master. Um, you could have a lieutenant near there, and then they actually. Will all those multi like that volume of multi melters? You're going to get like four of them shooting, one of them shooting twice. So effectively, ten shots with like a lot of rerolls. Mm, yep. That's that's like into like for example an ATV squad. That's that's going to hurt them. But then we've already kind of worked mm. out that ten shots. It's not that different to an eradicator unit coming in. Like an eradicator unit coming in does yeah, twelve yeah, shots. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, yeah, twelve shots. So it's like, well, why not just have the eradicator? Why go to all that effort? Actually. Actually, dude, you just you just totally popped the bubble. Eradicator is two two more points per model. Thirty eight points for yeah. a dev with a multi melter. Forty points for Eradicator. Eradicator actually slams dunks on the Devastator. <laughs> it does. Uh, yeah, it does. That's that's just bad. <laughs> All right, this is so the long the king is dead. Long live the king. Thunderfire cannons in the freaking dirt, boys. And hey. I'm happy to say, it. yeah. Glad. Yeah. Any anything to say here? They're, so firstly, okay, let me just lay out the how 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 debuffed they got. Thunderfire Cannon, heavy 4d3, strength 4, no rend, zero rend, yeah? And you can't double shoot it anymore with a stratagem. Like, could you could you kill this thing any harder? And it stayed the same in points. It's still 120 points. If it went back down to like 80 points, yeah, cool. I'd, I'd, take, one, I'd take one for the option to, um, to Tremor Shell. But like... Yeah. This, this is about a year too late. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. They already did their damage, and uh, yeah, I feel like it's yeah, it's too late for them. But um, I'm happy to see it. They were they were toxic, I think, for a while. Mm, yeah, I agree. They were very bad for the game. Dude, the yeah, the Imperial Fist ones and the Iron Hand ones just oh. revolting, revolting. Yeah, my poor mate uh, Liam Hackett lost uh, a whole Lehman Russ to a Thunderfire Cannon. Imperial Fist Thunderfire Cannon just picks up a Lehman Russ. Like, go away. I don't want to live in that world. Um, it's a shame. All right, guys. Sorry, go on. Yeah. I was just going to say it's a shame because it, in this meta, in this edition, um, indirect fire is, is stronger than it's been. Um, it, it's one of, the, mm. one of the most important editions for indirect fire. Um, and obviously, those reasons you'll have to stay for the Patreon uh, content to, to hear. But, um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. No, it is like, and it obviously is a really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it obviously is a good addition to indirect fire, uh, based on the fact you can shoot things off primary objectives, and it's just very powerful. But for Marines to lose what was like the best indirect fire in the game and effectively just become a, something something you're not going to take, it's actually quite a big nerf for their armies. Yeah, it's it's huge. So um, next one we're going to talk about is the fire strike turrets. 
the servo turrets. So these things start at 90 points. And uh, the stat line reads movement three, because it's a turret, uh, strength, so weapon skill three plus, bliss skill two plus, strength four, toughness five, five wounds, two attacks, leadership eight, two plus armor save. Um, it comes stock with uh, a twin last talent. Yep, which is strength twenty. Sorry, range twenty four, st- heavy four, strength nine, minus three, d six damage. So essentially, a, a twin um, last talent. So four shot last cannon at twenty four oh. inches, and you can exchange it for a twin accelerator auto cannon, which is range forty eight, heavy six uh, auto cannon. So six, you can have a four shot last cannon at twenty four inches. Admittedly, twenty four isn't isn't a huge range, but it is a smaller tables now. Uh, mm. Or you can have a six shot auto cannon. There are zero special rules here, and you can take up to three of them in a squad. Mm-hmm. What do you think, boys? Is there anything there? I mean, Bliss Skill 2 plus and 2 plus save, is this the new Thunderfire cannon? Because <laughs> it's legit. It's just, yeah, it's the new Thunderfire cannon. <laughs> um, worst toughness, same, one more wound, worst toughness, no indirect. But man, it just seems like it's a port over. Uh, it's, it's, the weapons are good. The weapons are legit. If those weapons are good in your meta, I think it's okay. Um, any real thoughts, Matt? Yeah, look, I, I, I think it's one of those ones, right, where there's Marines have so many units. There's literally, there's got to be over 100 units in this book, right? And there's Nine, stuff, I think it's 94 and 96 okay. or something. But there's stuff like this that's really, really specialized, and it's one of the benefits of playing an army like Space Marines is that there's kind of an option for everything. Um, yep. I don't think it's necessarily like an auto-take that you, you, know, you don't want this in every single army list that you build, but... You know, there are times when this will be a good choice. Yep. But there are certain times what we could, yeah. I will just point out that the Laz Talon option with the la- the four-shot Laz Cannons is an extra 40 points. So it's 130 yeah. wow. points for the Laz Cannon. I, I feel like that's just pointed out of contention. That's ridiculous um, given that it's so short range. What? Like... It's only tw- it's only twenty four yeah. inches, and the thing is not that survivable to what the guns you're going to shoot at it. It's only toughness five with five wounds. The two plus armor is good, um, and but it is a vehicle. You can't really give it. You can't. It's not going to get cover. It's not going to get light cover. So if like you're just going to, they're just going to die. Well, I think the easiest way to just put, you know pick these up and put them in the bin before you even buy them. I mean, the model looks great. Like it's a gorgeous looking model. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very it's cool. cool. Yeah. Um, it's just like the Redemptor is twice the cost. You're getting like. A redemptor for two of these. And yeah. no, dude. So one thirty. No. It's 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 fifty points more for the redemptor. Well, three of those for redemptor. Yeah. It's one thirty for the the turret. With no, the last I, I mean, how much? Uh, how much for two of the the auto cannon ones? Uh, one hundred eighty. Yeah, so it's the same I'm cost. Saying. Like two auto cannon ones for a redemptor. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. The redemptor five wounds, has five wounds. Yeah. Feels bad, but two plus save feels good. <laughs> So I'm kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like when you're really, really drunk at a bar and you're like, oh, I don't know, but maybe. But like you're, t- you're tossing up these different ideas here. You're like, oh, not, t- not too sure about that. But uh, oh, yeah, it's um, it's um, weird. They are vehicle artillery. They are not core, so very hard to get them buffs, if any. Um, they are vehicle, though, so technically you can repair these with um, your tech marines. Mm-hmm. But dude, five, I think five wins is the big issue. Five wins yeah. and toughness five is the big issue. Um, these are absolute heavy bolter, heavy bolter fodder. Um, yeah. Oh, two plus saves good though. Yeah, yeah that's true. Dev doctor heavy bolter. Though. We'll eat them. We'll eat them for eat them for breakfast though. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's since right. I got, but you know, one multi multi rolls a three. Matt onto the terminators. He loves the top saves, don't you, Matt? Yeah. 
What are, you, what are you talking about? You yeah. getting me onto Terminators? What, where, where's this coming from? Oh, no, never mind. I'll talk to Nick about Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You guys are weird. All right. Uh, uh, so the Hunter and the Stalker, we're going to talk about these two together. <laughs> now, they've had a little bit of a shift, and the, both of their weapons have this extra clause attached to them. Each time an attack is made against an aircraft unit, add two to the attack's hit roll. So you hit on twos against them, essentially, and then unless they lightning fast or something. And each time an uh, attack is made with this weapon is allocated to an aircraft model, that attack's damage has, uh, for the hunter, has D6 plus 6 damage. <laughs> That's for their um, Sky Spear missile launcher. And the, uh, the Stalker's one is you make two hit rolls instead of one and add one to both of these rolls. So you'll have uh, six shots with the Icarus Storm Cannons, because you've got two of them, um, at strength 7, minus 1, 2 damage, which will go to 12 shots, hitting with plus 1 against those uh, aircraft. Um, I think those are both pretty cool buffs. I don't think it's enough to make them change much because I have the opinion that aircraft are going to be few and far between. Any, any, Anything to say there, gents? Well, the Hunter's really, really good if you play in a meta where there's nothing but planes, right? Like, damn straight it is, man. It's really good. And I think pretty, they're, both, they're both quite cheap as well. You're not going to take these because when they're not good, they're really not good. Hmm. Like so, stalkers. Yeah. Stalkers one fifteen, and the hunters one ten. Look, the chassis is good. Toughness eight with eleven wounds. It's a great chassis. It's a great defensive profile. But it's like you got six auto. If you're not if you're not playing against um, like if you're not playing against flyers, you got six auto cannon shots. Cool. Yeah. The stalker is probably better as a generalist unit. But like the yeah. hunter, man, if you play against you know an orc horde, are you driving <laughs> the hunter across the board to try and get three attacks in melee? Like, is that the game plan here? <laughs> Because like, it would be, wouldn't it? It's well, all it's going to do, man. Yeah, uh, uh, like it's they're not generalist enough to be good. The stalker yeah. is look. The stalker is a bit better than the hunter is, but the hunter is oh, when it's bad, it's really bad. If you take a hunter, do me a favor, buy the storm bolter. That's that's all I'll say. Oh, that triples its efficiency into the orc matchup. Quadruples its efficiency. <laughs> you will kill literally like seven times more orcs. Because you have a storm bolter yeah. on that hunter than it would otherwise. Um, <laughs> moving on, there. Okay, so next up we have the brand new uh, Predator 2.0s, which is the Gladiators. Now the first first one up here is the Gladiator Lancer. I'll just read out the stats profile once because there's three variants of this and it's all the same. Um, movement ten, weapon skill six plus, of course, vehicle list skill three plus, strength seven, toughness eight. Uh, 12 wounds, 3 attacks, uh, leadership 8, and a 3-plus save. This one has a laser uh, lance, lance laser destroyer, just because they feel like adding extra words onto things that don't need extra words. But that is range 72, heavy 2, strength 10, minus 3, D3 plus 3 on the damage. So that's the same as the regular, the big boy um, laser destructor. And then it has two storm bolters in, in addition. And that's all she gets. You can exchange the uh, storm bolters with uh, frag storms, and you can have an Iron Hell Stubber, Icarus Rocket Pod, and an auto launches as well. Now, this one has a special rule here. Um, each time a model, this model has, attacks with the Lancer Laser Destroyer, add one to its hit rolls. So it hits on twos with the with its main gun. Um, even if it moves, doesn't even matter. So it doesn't have the, the half move double double shot. It has doesn't matter how much you move or where, how, how far. You just get a plus one to hit with that main gun. Um, I actually don't mind this one. I feel like I think this one is the two hundred point one. I will just double check for us. But straight off the bat, boys, what are your thoughts? Uh, you want to go first this one, Chaz? Uh, and just to confirm, this is the 200 one. This is the 200 point one, which is the cheapest. Sure. I mean, like, that gun's, is that gun the same gun as a, as a Repulsor? Um, 
I think it is the same one as the repulsor execution. I will just double I think check it's for us. Weaker. You keep going, mate. It looks very similar. I feel like there's, I feel like there's a strength twelve. Yeah, yeah, there's a strength twelve minus four d three plus three. That's the only difference. Yeah, the, so the two less strength. Still get to shoot twice, so they they took that away from it. The, the main gun. I think it still does. I think it still gets to shoot twice. Uh, uh, no, it's, 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 it's the same as same as this one now. Sorry. Yeah. So no, it's plus shoot one twice. to hit roll. Oh, okay. So plus one to hit. I see. Okay. Interesting. Um. Okay. So it doesn't. It, it's basically the same gun as the repulsor main gun. Okay. Um, I think it's good. I mean, I think and 200 points. I feel like at 200 points, though, it, it's a lot of a lot of points for what is effectively um, just that big gun. Like, obviously, it can have some small arms shooting. Doesn't seem like it gets a lot. It gets that two storm yeah. bolts, maybe both two frags, storm grenade launches. It's like okay, two d six shots. I mean, they're blasts. That's interesting. Um, but I, I do think you're obviously taking it for the main gun. I think if you're gonna take it, you may as well just double, just take the repulsor, um, and get all the other shooting with it. Uh, and yeah, that's what I would probably do. Yeah, and the other one that means you can double down on your buffs. Just to, just for comparison, though, repulsor executioner is three hundred and fifty five points, and the heavy lever just laser destruction is another plus ten points. So it's one hundred three hundred sixty five points. So you could technically take two of these and mm. for thirty five points more. Which is twenty four, which is the same amount of wounds as night. So you, you know, you're gonna you're gonna pop the smoke the smoke um defense for the negative one to hit. Yeah, yeah. which is nicer on the repulsor because it's got the more wounds. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think you take two of the same one though. You probably take one of these and one of the reaper that we'll talk about in a minute. I, I don't think you take two of the same. Let's talk about it now. Necessarily. Um, so the reaper, this one has two tempest bolters. Which are range thirty, rapid fire four, strength four minus one one damage. So it has eight shots, rapid fire, which will go to sixteen shots in fifteen inch range, pretty legit. And then mm. a twin heavy onslaught Gatling cannon, which is thirty inch range, heavy twenty four, strength six minus one one damage. Just, just like, could they give it any more guns? And of course, you can take a heavy, iron heavy stubber, a rocket pod, and auto launches as well. But just that, that is so much darker. Oh my god, holy yeah. crap! See, this is almost always good. Even into yes. a meta where there are a lot of Primaris Marines, heavy 24, let's be real here. Like what's, you know, what what is a bigger dick play than picking up 24 <laughs> dice and, you know, and saying, all right, I'm shooting my uh, my twin heavy onslaught Gatling cannon at those intercessors. It, it's, yeah. uh, it's almost always useful. Um. I will say this one is two hundred and thirty points, but obviously uh, you are yeah. getting those. That is, it's you're getting a lot of shots. There's a lot of shots there. I feel like this is like the the land raider. What land raider crusaders want to be? Like if you could give this a transport capacity, it would just be a ten times better land raider crusader, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Actually, um, I think this is one I like the most, just because I feel like even with that that many strength six shots, you'll still do like three or four four wounds to like an impulsor or a, a toughness seven tank. You're still gonna you're still gonna smash down a little bit no matter what you're shooting at. You've just got that good profile. Um, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's the right amount of shots. I as well. like it. It is it is good. Um, you can't you can't take that away from it. Like it's a, I think the Reaper is better than the Lancer for the reason. That just, yeah, I think the Reaper. yeah, it's just got more. Like it's always going to be relevant. Um, but I do still I actually still think the Repulsor is better because um, the Repulsor yeah it's more expensive but it's tougher. You're getting the more more wounds. More shooting, like the the repulsor shoots more than either of these. Well, actually, kind of shoots more than both of them put together. Um, 
And it has potential yeah, yeah, capacity exactly. for the Gravis. And you need that for the Blade Guard Vets. So if you're running Blade Guard Vets, having a repulse executioner that or that will, I mean, does the execution have a transport capacity? Um it does. It's only six dudes though. And I, I that means it's only you can't put Gravis in it. Oh, the Gravis count as two, do they? Um, yeah, capacity of six. Um, each Gravis takes up to space of two models. So it could take three Gravis apologies. Okay. But um Blade Guard aren't Gravis. Right? Blade Guard aren't Gravis, oh. which is one of the big selling okay, points. So there. you just take six Blade Guard. Well that that's good. I think if you yeah. take a repulse execution yeah, up that's good. with six Blade Guard, that's just a good package that I think makes it better than the the other tanks. The gladiators. Yep. And rounding this out, we have the Valiant. Uh, this one has uh, two multi melters and a twin Laz Talon. So multi melters, we know what they are. And Laz Talon, twin Laz Talon is four shots. We already read this out. Strength nine minus three d6 damage. Uh, this one is the most expensive. I think this one comes in at um, two fifty. I'll just double check that for us. Yes, two fifty. And I feel like this is actually the worst one. Yeah, I, I think this is actually the worst one. <laughs> I, think, I think it's by and far the worst one. Uh, you're paying so many two fifty points. You know how many eradicators that is? A lot. Uh, that's 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 six yeah. eradicators. Yeah, yeah. That's cheap. Six eradicators are cheaper than this. It's two forty for six eradicators. Mm. Actually, is that right? Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, and they will do so much more, and they equate to so many more shots, and probably around the same amount of resiliency when you take you take into account like transhuman and the plus one save and stuff. Uh, legitimately, I, the valiant is. I think really bad. I think the Reaper is the easy standout with the um, the Lancer being in second place. What do you guys think? Yep. Yep. Agree. Fantabulous. We are jumping over to our next of our newbies, uh, which is actually, no, sorry, we're on to the Impulsor. Then we've got the Hammerfall Bunker to round this bad boy out. So thank you for all of you who've uh, stuck with us this far. We're into our, we're into the set. We're into about 15 minutes into the second hour, but Impulse has changed a little bit. Now this is a big change, which is the, I think the most prevalent change people we're talking about the most, the shield dome they had, which was a four plus invulnerable save is now a five plus invulnerable save. Um, on the inverse of that, they still kept their assault vehicle. They lost fly and all of them lost fly. Like the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the gladiator, if they had fly before they lost it. And as did the repulses and things of that ilk. They lost it as well. So none of that stuff has fly anymore. But the impulse of not having fly is a big deal. So delivering your stuff is a lot harder. Um, and jumping over models and getting them stuff you stuck in deep is, is really hard as well. On top of that, they're a lot less resilient because they don't have the four-plus invulnerable save. What do you guys think about the impulse now? Um, it's obviously a nerf. It's obviously you know, worse than it was before. It's probably still good enough to see you know, a similar level of play. You won't see people spamming, you know, six, seven, eight of them in a list, like, you know, a few lists we're getting around towards the, uh, you know, the end of eighth. Um, I haven't seen yep. it too much in ninth, actually. But, um, yeah, look, overall, I I think the Impulsor makes out okay here. It's uh, it's definitely worse than it was before, but it's also still playable. I think it's probably where it should have been from the start now. I 100% agree with that. Jez, anything Yeah, I think it's pretty good. How, how many points is an Impulsor with, with the, if you take the Fragstorm grenade launches and the Bellicatus missile array, missile array, the most, most expensive. Da, 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 da. Um, I will say for me, I think I think they're about right. I think they're just fine, to be honest. So the, it goes to one thirty, yish, uh, and the frag storms are the same cost. The frag storm free, so it'd be yeah. one thirty points for the missiles. Well, I mean, it just, um, I, I sorry, go on. I like to run them at 116 points with the Iron Hell Heavy Stubber and the Sky the Iron Hell Sky Talon Array because the Sky Talon Array got 
sorry, the heavy stub has got one more shot each, and the, the and because it's a double, the sky talent rating got two shots, and then it doesn't take the negative one for shooting grand targets yeah, anymore, which is what it used to. Good. It just gets plus one to shooting sky. Um, but so it actually ends up having like a really good hurricane bolter, essentially, like a minus one rend hurricane bolter on it because it's got 12 shots at strength four minus one strength four minus two in dev doctrine on top of either two frag storms or two storm bolters i like it as a little gunship um yeah it's a good gun and then you have something I, I, for 116 points i like it um toughness seven 11 wounds pretty good uh but yeah what do you think about it as 130 points with like essentially all the all the ticked up yeah, i wouldn't actually, i actually agree with you i think i didn't see that sky talent array array but eight shots it's pretty ridiculous that's um, mm, pretty agree. good. I, I like it a lot. Um, and it, it, all of a sudden, it's, it's the easy best option now that they don't have four bus involved. When you have the four, when you can have four bus involved on a transport, you're just like, well, obviously, well, I'm doing it. Know, you know, if you're <laughs> shooting, if you're shooting into a horde, and then suddenly those, um, your what would the France store grenade launchers are actually doing? Because they're blast, they're doing six shots. Like that's six now each, that's yeah. now 12, 20, 20 plus three, twenty plus. I oh, know that. Iron Hail's four. 24 shots. Be 28, be 28 shots. Oh, 28. No. Oh, no, no, no. So you're right. You're right. You're right. 24, 24. But 24 shots coming out it's of that a little, a little like, player, Um, that we yeah. were talking about how that other tank was good because it shot that many shots. Like, 24 shots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their shots were better, but still, like, this is pretty good for a transport that could also be transporting, you know, assault intercessors or, or blade guard vets or whatever it is. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think well, it's just fine, yeah. guys. Yeah. It's definitely worse, right? The shooting is worse, so but anything that's you're not actually buying it for the shooting. You're buying it to transport a unit. Yeah. And yeah, the rest is gravy. Um, all right. We have the Hammerfall <laughs> Bunker. Now, a lot has been made of this ugly thing, and I will say it's ugly. Anybody play StarCraft 2? What's the command center upgrade with the, the guns on top? Planetary Fortress. Trust Jeremy to know I mean, that. Jeez. Yeah, of course he would. <laughs> nerd. What a nerd. Ah. <laughs> uh, you're actually a nerd. Wow. What? Uh, <laughs> wow. So this, this thing uh, starts at 175 points. Um, it reads uh, ballistic, ballistic skill 4 plus, just to start off bad. Um, and then it goes to strength 6, toughness 8, 14 wounds, leadership 7, 3 plus armor. Uh, it is equipped with Hammerfall heavy heavy bolter array and Hammerfall missile launcher. So the Hammerfall, Hammerfall heavy uh, bolter array is heavy 3, strength 5, minus 1, 2 damage. 36 inch range, just a heavy bolter. And the uh, missile launcher um, is has two modes. The super super frag missile is heavy 2d6, strength 6, minus 1, 1 damage and blast. And the other one is a super crack, is uh, heavy 2, strength 10, minus 2d6. So it is a crack missile with plus two strength, and the um, the frag is the same thing. is a frag frag missile with plus two strength. So essentially, they're just cyclone missiles launchers. Um, so it can exchange this uh, heavy bolter array with a hammerfall heavy flamer array, which is a heavy flamer at strength. You know, it's a heavy flamer. Um, the special rules here: in your shooting phase, each time this model is selected to shoot, its hammer hammerfall heavy bolter array or its hammerfall. Hammerfall Heavy Flame Array can target and resolve attacks against every eligible enemy unit. Each time this model fires Overwatch, it only resolves attacks with this weapon against the charging unit. But when doing so, the type of this Hammerfall Heavy Bolt Array is changed to Heavy 6, and its Heavy, or its heavy Flame is changed to Heavy 2D6. So it shoots its Heavy Bolters at everything it can see, literally. That's within yeah. 30s, that's in within range. <laughs> but it's Blitz Skill 4+, and 175 points. Look, 
I was going to say, whoever designed this was on some super crack missiles. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a uh, weird, weird unit. How many points is this thing? 175. Yeah, okay. In it's just, it's, I just think it's bad. It is bad. Um, it doesn't have a transport capacity, which is what was yeah, just doing my head in. That's weird. I can't wait Why to can't... play against someone with this and just chess clock and watch as they shoot three heavy bolter shots at 10 units. And <laughs> just be like, yeah, sick. You're, you're 20 Dude, minutes into your turn now. What I don't understand is it's a guard model. This is a yeah. guard model. And do you know what it is? It's a bad Lehman Russ. Oh, is it? It's a it's, it's like well, a bad. It's, oh, I don't know what it's it going to end up. It's going to end up having like three heavy heavy bolters shooting. Essentially, you'll be able to see like two or three units, maybe four units, which is the same as having three heavy bolters on a Lehman Russ. But it, heavy, a Lehman Russ has a better Top Gun than all the, than both of these profiles, and um, it's just about the same yeah. amount of points with the same toughness and a couple less wounds. Like it's actually just a bad guard unit. To be fair, if you take three, like they're never really dying. They're fourteen wounds of T eight. But they're also, you're also not, never going to yeah, you're never going to be able to deploy. You send a deployment rule for these guys. They have to be three inches away from other terrain. There's going to be you go to a six rounder event. You take three of them. You're like, uh, I can't deploy two of them. This How game. big are they? <laughs> like, are they? Because I can't tell from the from the um, codex. Um, There's a photo at the bottom of the screen. At the bottom of the page. Yeah, I'm not getting yeah. the full like idea of how big it is though. Like, what's the width? I actually don't know how big it is, but I'm going to guess it's around the same footprint as a. Um, a land raider, maybe a it, little bit wider. It looks like rhino size to me. If a rhino was a square, yeah, that, that, that could be right. Does that mean yep. though? Like, let's just not be bad. Like, let's try to, like, you know, if you <laughs> if you put it on, <laughs> let's try to give it some some positive. You know, can it fully cover? It's building. Objective? It's a building, man. It can't. It can't hold an objective. It it's a building. Test. Oh really? Oh, it's a building. Yeah. Yeah, it's a f- um, <laughs> oh, just, we're trying, but we're trying, guys. We're trying real hard. I just ordered three um, of them on the internet, so shit, better uh, cancel. The, so, the marathon full of list writing. Uh, yeah, I, honestly, like it, it needed a better top weapon for my mind. The 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 top the, the heavy bolter stuff. It's fine. It's it's good enough. No problems. If it was weapons, if it was Mystical three plus, it would be cool. Like it'd be kind of legit. You know that that bolter array. Might not be OP, but it would be good. Yeah. Um, right now, it's a joke. If it had like and two, the, the missile launcher, yeah. If it had two hammer four missile launchers, like if they if they said yeah. that Canada's right. two of them, so you got like four of the shots or heavy forty six, like that would be pretty good. Because right now, like a Typhoon missile launcher is the same as the t- this Top Gun, relatively. Mm. I mean, less less strength, but you know, yeah. it's I'll not one hundred and seventy points. <laughs> yeah, it's twenty five yeah. points. Put it on a Terminator, like. Jeez, I'm yeah, so geez. confused though. Like the model has two heavy bolters facing out of each side, so eight heavy bolters yeah. in the model, but it shoots three shots. Yes, correct. If it shot twenty-four shots, I'd probably like it. But like it has, yes. it has if, if, more than twice. A half of them not working. Does it come with like a servitor to sit there no, and fix it because, because it's bloody they, broken yeah, at the start of the game? Like yeah. what? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's supposed to be shooting in all directions at all times, I guess. Uh, um, but so like, if this thing had like even just 12 heavy bolter shots, yeah, that you could just shoot at anybody at police skill four plus. Okay, conversation. We can start a conversation. Where it is right now, I can't see any redeeming qualities. If it had a transport capacity, redeeming quality. Well, if, but, yeah, if it had like I, five or six models, you just put a new dev, dev squad in it and shoot out of it, that would be almost enough yeah, to make it very simple. It's, it's a bunker, you know? It's But it's not a bunker, you know? It's it's 
It's re- it's a redundant fortification that's just going to take up space in your deployment zone, and maybe it'll kill two dudes in a game. Like you, honestly, for the for the points, you take two hunters instead of give them storm vultures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. be so much happier with yourself. Uh, honestly, that's better weapons. Two two hunter cannons is better than this gun. Yeah, actually, is better than this gun. Wow, wow, Adam, meta breaker. Everybody, go out and buy your hunters. <laughs> Do it. All right, guys. That actually is. That's it. That brings us to the end of this extravaganza. That is, we've reviewed this book cover to freaking cover. It's like all, probably approaching six hours of content um, that we're going to end up. That, sorry, five, five and a half to six hours of content to review this book. How are you boys feeling about it now that it's all done? Yeah, a lot to digest. How are you feeling about Space Marines? How do you feel about this book overall? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? And how good do you think it is? Uh, I think there's like some highlights, but I mean, like, I think it plays going to play quite differently to the way it did before. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the highlights are those multi-wound infantry models with apothecaries um, and bike models. I think like the bike squads are good. The Terminator squads are good. The intercessor squads are good. Heavy intercessors are good. Blade guard are good. Those units are all good. Um, And then I think that the uh, dreadnoughts, the ones we went through, I think the Redemptors are also very good. So I would be building a list. I know we're going to do lists separately next, but I would be going down that route, like the Redemptor, three Redemptors, and then a bunch of multi-wound infantry and bikes. Yeah. Yep. With characters for flavor. And, Matt, what are your, and you win. And you just and win. You win. <laughs> Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, very, very similar to Jeremy. I think it's a much better Marine book for the game than you know what we had at the end of last year and the start of this year. Uh, there's definitely some stuff that's really, really good. It's going to be very competitive, but I think overall it's, it's going to be less oppressive to play against. It, it feels quite even keeled, doesn't it? There's, apart from the apothecary, nothing slaps me in the face. Is like this is this is possibly too good. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Um, I think I think you can almost safely say if it's got three wounds on its profile, it's good. The only ones I'm so Jez Jez has doubled down on his bikes. They're the only thing I think is fringe. Everything else that has three wounds. I think I could safely say is good and really worth taking. Terminators, Eradicators, Blade Guard, um, Heavy Intercessors may actually actually might be another fringe case as well. They might be they might be um, army army um, specific, but the, the vast majority, yeah. Th- if you've got three wounds, especially if you've got three wounds and toughness five, it's probably good, man. It's probably quite good. Absolutely. Uh, apart from that, like, yeah, the Dreads seem to be a standout. Getting getting wave serp- like serpent shield, just like the other two boys said. Really phenomenal, really as a game changer for those models, and I feel like could really shift the power. But where I think this this is going to live or die is just how much stuff is in core, and we need to wait and see how much other things get core. We already saw for for Necrons. Yeah, I can tell you right now for Necrons, guys, if you haven't read the book, all the troop choices got core, as well as Tomb Blades, uh, Death Marks, and Lich Guard. That is it. They've got like six core options. Yeah, that's it for their whole book. Six. This. This the elite section of this book has more core options, yeah. Not let alone the fast attack, the heavy supports, and the, let alone the troops choices as well. So if this is going to be overpowered, it's going to be overpowered after all the other stuff comes out, and we see just how much extra core goodness this no, has. Because I feel like sorry, go on. Yeah, no, you go. No, I'm just going to say like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna officially like you know everyone <laughs> like ring the bi- solely ring the bells like go up to ring the bells. I am triple downing on the bikes. I'm tripling down. I'm the well first. Okay. Like no one else, everyone else has put him in the bin. I'm going to fossick around the neighborhood bins. I'm going to go to Solly's house. 
Um, uh, you know, we're not in curfew anymore, so I can. And yeah, I'm. I, so you can finally oh, rifle yeah, through we, other men's yeah, we, Finally, we live close enough. Come around, yeah. we can ring the bell together. I'll Jess. Ring the bell, like <laughs> uh, the bikes. Uh, they're just they're just bay. Bikes are bay. Okay. Okay. So everybody, watch out for Jeremy and his bike lists. If you play Jeremy and he doesn't have a have bikes in his list, at least one big unit of bikes, you make him buy you a drink. Just yeah. put it out there. You can actually, you um, if you drive around to Jeremy's house right now, you'll see that there's some smoke coming out of the chimney, and that's to signify that the Messiah has chosen a new standout unit. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. All right. Um, Mine's, yeah, yeah, fair enough. We, we have talked long enough, gentlemen. We are going to go to part two. We're going to take a short break and uh, revitalize ourselves. We're going to go to part two. We're going to start actually just writing a couple of Space Marine lists. Some stuff we think is good. We're going to talk about which chapters we want to take, what kind of lists we want to take, um, which detachments we want to use, what upgrades, what like character upgrades and things like that. And then we're going to nut out the stuff that we might take as gamers to try and contend with this. Because admittedly, like apart from Jeremy, um, I mean, I'm a Dark Angels player, but I'll talk about it from a guard point of view. I'll talk about what kind of guard archetypes I think I'll take to go into Marines. Uh, Matt's going to talk about chaos archetypes he'll try and build, and Jeremy can either do Eldar or I can do the the um, Space Marine Mirror, as is his want. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us, guys. If you have enjoyed this, please join us over for part two. Look us up on the Patreon. I hope you enjoyed the last couple of episodes we had coming out. I hope the three-hour episode we did before this wasn't too erroneously long, and uh, that you enjoyed the stats episode as well. So I'll say goodnight to you at this point, and hopefully you'll join us on part two. Say goodnight, boys. Night, fellas. See you later, boys and girls. Messiah has spoken. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under, signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.